Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon barry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks well, hello and welcome to the Sports Lounge Live. What is it, show 139 this week, Chris? 139 and April 13th, 2021. And uh, we've, uh, we're, we're going a little uh, different. You know, you can, you, everybody I know is betting in Vegas over the um, week of about what our agenda will be. Because I know that's a big topic now. Uh, but no, we're going to start with golf. Because we should. We got uh, the Masters and a historic event at the Masters, a historic victory. And we got Tiger Woods information. So we're going to start with golf. Then we're going to go uh, to baseball. Then we're going to go to the NHL because it was the trading deadline. So we'll take care of that. Do some college sports. The Frozen Four wrapped up. Got some info on that and some coaching changes in college. And then uh, the NBA. And for death, we only have two and an asterisk. Let me explain. We had uh, two deaths that we're going to cover fully here. Uh, one is a 63-year-old who died on the golf course of a heart attack. Um, hang on, let me grab his name, the coach of the University of Maine hockey team. Um, his name is Red Gendron, and he did a lot of uh, assistant coaching in the NHL and scouting and also coached in college hockey. And then Al Mengert, a 93-year-old PGA golfer, uh, and he, he passed away this week. But we will have some info and some audio, and we might actually start with it, uh, so you can stay tuned for that of uh, Bob Slick Leonard, who died uh, today of the longtime color man of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, I think he played for the Lakers. He played in the ABA, too, as well, and, and uh, may have done some coaching on it. We'll find out a little bit what Bill knows about him when we get to that part of the program. Played with the Pacers. Pacers. Yeah, I figured he probably did. And uh, so we will find out about that, but we won't necessarily have all the information. Unless David USF calls in, if he's around tonight, he will, uh, or the afternoon for him, if he uh, has been around sometimes and called these in. So if we get it today, we'll get it today. Otherwise, we'll start with it on um, next uh, week. So I guess we'll go around the panel now. I'm Chris. I guess I totally didn't get introduced, but I, here I am. Uh, and the uh, and Rick Swan is with us, too. He'll be next. But I guess what I would say is what a difference a week makes with the Red Sox. They were, uh, well, one and three when we were on here last week, and they finally won a game, but we figured, well, that's, one of maybe 62 wins of 100 losses because they had just lost to the um, the Orioles three in a row. But they swept Tampa Bay, they swept the Orioles, and now they won their first game against the Twins today in the snow, which I guess is easier to play in than the rain. So, And J.D. Martinez, uh, don't worry about spring training anymore because he started his season with nine consecutive day, 
games with an extra, at least one extra base hit. And I think the uh, last two people, anyway, to do it, I don't know how many there have been overall. I think in 2007, A-Rod did it, and in 1997, I guess, Sandy Alomar, not Roberto, but Sandy Alomar did it. So it, it, it's not a, something that's done every day. And he had a horrible spring training, which went along with his horrible 2019 but he's off to a great start, and uh, the Red Sox are really hitting the ball, and the bullpen is pitching well. The starters have been okay, so they've won seven in a row, which is the longest winning streak they've had since 2018. So uh, things are looking good here. Rick? Oh, I'm sorry. Too much Masters coverage from Western. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Red Sox, seven in a row, and, and Matt Bonds, who I've never trusted at all, has pitched off. Six innings allowed, one batter to reach, and he struck out out of his 18 outs. He's gotten like 13 strikeouts. So that's 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 a good sign. Um, and the other thing, we'll, we'll talk about you, Master, in the college yeah. section, but I just wanted to mention that, you know, it's pretty cool to have that championship in a school where my oldest granddaughter was going to attend this September to go to nursing school, so... That All was right. pretty cool. Yeah, and my and I, my two brothers drank themselves out of it in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Perry. Okay, Perry. Well, you know, you talk about how great the Red Sox are doing, and I mean, I, I would love to be able to continue the positive vibes, but then there becomes the Cubs. <laughs> Last week when we were here, the Cubs were three and three. They're now four and six, and. Um, I think most people would be really shocked if they heard that Chris Bryant is the only Cub that's hitting a lick at this point. But he is. He's the only Cub that's hitting at all. So, um, But locally, I mean, we have 21 days until the I-Cubs start. And uh, the I-Cubs are popular here. And, you know, we love to keep track of our AAA team and all that. I mean, we don't have Major League Baseball, so the Iowa Cubs are about as close as we get. And we love to go to games and, and all that stuff with the I-Cubs. And it's beautiful today but the wind would be howling if they were playing here today and it would be blowing in so uh robert or i'm sorry bill bill is first. Uh, bill. Bill is yeah. robert. all right well let's see it's just been a typical busy week just still mending getting better day by day by day i've had a busy day today went and got my first shot and went to a men's luncheon and actually walked a half a mile so I feel wow. actually nice. good pretty job. good. There's, there's people who haven't had surgery that can't do that. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, hey, and, the, uh, and, the, and, the Reds, and the Reds are not doing horrible. Well, yeah, they are really doing well too. That. Seven and three. Can you, hey, rematch of 75, Bill. Yeah, <laughs> can, can you believe it? I mean, where else are you going to see in a season where Cincinnati's hitting at epic proportions, their pitch is actually decent. How much longer can this last? I say. Well, I mean, I mean, Bill. Normally, who who would have said that your top two teams in the Central are going to be the Brewers and the Reds? I think unilaterally, everybody picked the Cardinals. But the yeah, Cardinals. I picked the Brewers. Yep. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you were. Yeah, but you also picked the Angels. I don't know what's going. Well, they're not doing so bad. No, no there are. Cardinals have we'll a see. way of coming back. And you know, if we really get bored and we want to talk about topics, I had a a person who is visually impaired talk about going to the ballpark, and they can't use a smartphone. Well, in order to go to or order, you have to order your tickets by the smartphone. You also have to order your refreshments by using an app. I think some might let you take a credit card to the thing, but you can't buy your tickets unless you pay more money to get them to send you paper tickets. 
So you, you know, you know, that's a good topic, Bill. I was listening to one of the Reds games, and I, you might have heard the same one. Remember when um, Jeff Brantley was probably—I think it was their first broadcast of the spring. He said he went down to to get some pop and and peanuts, and he was going to. He brought his money down, and the lady, nope, we don't do that anymore. So. Don't do money. Got to use credit card. And yep. Um, luckily, luckily for him, he had it. But this person I know cannot use a smartphone, so they can't order their tickets, and they have to pay fifty bucks extra. Wow. Yeah, that part is I think from team to team as far as ordering on their smartphone. Now, so a lot of places are going cashless, but I know with the Rangers, you can go and down and get it, and you know, but you have to order your credit card and. I wonder if the disability organizations are going to get involved. Yeah, I think they should. Yeah, Yeah. I I would think think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Robert. Um, Well, um, Bill, congratulations on getting your first shot. I finally got my first shot set up. It, it it's an act of Congress here to get to get get, uh, that that because they give you an eight hundred number to call, and then you have to you know wait online and, and then. When they finally come to the phone, they have to find out where you are, what county you're in, uh, if you, and they have to type all your information, and you have to answer a whole bunch of questions just to find out if you're eligible. And then it's a crapshoot on whether you can get a local place in your area or whether they want to send you 100 miles away. They actually tried to send me 100 miles away yesterday. Uh, and I'm like, no, I don't have transportation for that. Right. It needs to be in my local area. Robert, so maybe that's because you're an A's fan, you know, not a Giants well, fan. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it, it took a couple hours, but I finally got a, a place here locally, so I'll be getting my first shot in a couple of weeks. And as, okay. far as, the, as far as the A's go, they're 4-7. and seven. They're starting to hit, but their pitching has not come around, and they're they're in the process of losing today, so... Well, we'll see what happens. And the NASCAR. And the NASCAR. Martin Truex Jr. won the uh, the race this weekend um, at Martinsville, and and on next Sunday, this Sunday they'll be at Richmond. So they're going to stay in Virginia, and hopefully the weather uh, gets better. Yeah, I got a clue for you. If you're having a drought and you need rain. Just tell NASCAR to come and have a race. We're going to get some rain Thursday here on Friday. Because yeah, you're guaranteed to get rain if NASCAR yeah, shows up. Yeah, we got Terry, NASCAR Terry mentioned, a Terry weeks, mentioned so. on, on our phone group that uh, watch out on Friday because we're going to have a lot of uh, games in the Northeast and a lot of rain yep. up in the Northeast. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. So we could have but a lot no. of doubleheaders over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. probably will, because especially if they're like the Red Sox playing the White Sox, so they'll probably play a doubleheader Saturday after they get rained out Friday. Yeah, and, and what about the old Patriots Day doubleheader? And we, oh, we got two doubleheaders no double today going on. Block, so. We do. Okay, and Sean? Well, uh, things are going pretty good here. Uh, this week, of course, was Major League Soccer kicking off, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot of soccer, but I will let you know that we're now here in Austin, not as, as of starting this Saturday when they kick off. We won't be. Well, we haven't been officially, but I mean, there won't be the largest media market without a pro sports team anymore uh, when they officially play, when they kick off Saturday. So uh, I think now the largest one is Louisville, but the largest one that's never had a pro sports team is uh, Riverside, California, because Louisville and Norfolk obviously both had ABA teams. So, you know, the, and Louisville a long, long time ago had the. Uh, 
well, the baseball team that moved, they did, you know, Pittsburgh and all that, and yep. they did, you know, Pirates. And, but I mean, yeah, so a little historic thing going on you know, there. But anyway, we got a poll question that we're going to be talking about later this show. Uh, and I got this idea of watching the Masters, and re- they played an old story that I've heard that's pretty funny, and you know, and you got some good golf stories. So I started thinking about what some of your favorite sports stories or legendary stories or things that you've heard about different players or maybe stuff you've heard an announcer tell over and over. What are some of your sports stories? And, of course, you can call in and answer that along with any other topic by downloading the Zoom app or going to (coughs) dialing 646-876-9923, enter code 287-723-4600, hit the pound key twice. You can do that. And then star nine, raise your hand, ask a question. And if you want to contact us throughout the week, send us a message at 773-572-7715. Do not mark the message private or email us sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. So anyway, shall we get on to the historic events of the Masters? Yes, okay. And we'll talk a little about Tiger Woods, too. Of course, we were on the air not long after his accident on February 23rd, so we've got some that follow-up day. information that day, yeah, but not yeah. long after, right, a few hours after. So anyway, um, first of all, we had Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters. He was 10 under par. Will Zelatoris, and I think he's a rookie, was yes, 9 under is. par? Yes, yeah. he is he's a rookie. He just got his cue card. So. Yep, yeah, just got and his card this year, yep. He tied with Jordan Spieth for second, and then uh, Xander Schofel, I think his name is. Schofley. okay. Schofley. okay. Xander Schofley. Okay, so anyhow, that was the Masters, and I don't know now, since I didn't watch it, I know that uh, 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 he went into the, Matsuyama went into the uh, day with a four-stroke lead. Was he really ever threatened? Uh, yeah, uh, because, because on on fifteen he made a fatal mistake and yeah, yeah. and and put it, his tee shot in the water, and uh, but luckily he was able to recover. And then Shoffley, who was in second place at the time, made the same mistake on sixteen, and he did not recover. And that's how Zelator wound up in and, second by himself. And okay. Matsuyama wasn't even in like top two or three going into. Uh, Saturday, which, you know, moving day, they call it. Yeah. In the moving day, Justin yeah. Rose was taken over. And now Justin Rose had a bad day Friday. He, you know, case Saturday, but they had a rain there. And Matsuyama just came out of nowhere. And just, yeah, as like, soon, as, as, soon as they had the rain delay and they came back, he took over the golf course and the tournament was basically and, his after that. And he mm-hmm. is the first, he is the first Asian player, not a uh, golfer, to win any major, not just a Japanese. He's the first Asian golfer to win. Any. Well, DJ Singh never won it, huh? He won no, any he never. He, he never won. No, he never, he never won a major. No, he never wow. won a major. And and I think, but yeah, he is the first Asian. Now, BJ Singh, I think, was Amer- Asian American, though. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all right. I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, this guy. I'm saying front. So even yeah. if he did, he BJ Singh lives here. This is the first uh, guy that plays on the Asian tour, the Pacific tour, and some on the European tour, but he's the first one of that's still an Asian, uh, like I said, first definitely in Jap- in Japanese history to win yeah, a major. Yeah, he's, so, he's got a house in Japan, and he's also got one in Florida. So. Yeah, and all of the, uh, you know, I mean, the endorsements he's going to get just by being the first, 
Yeah, yeah, I just, I, that's what I was just going to say. And in combination with the Olympics being there, that they think this might have been worth about $1 billion in endorsements. Yeah, they're, oh, yeah. they're, thinking, they're thinking over his career he could make several billion just because of this victory alone. Well, it was yeah, really symbolic you. that the two people they had starting the Masters, and, yeah. and David, USF, thank you again for putting that into our phone group, because we had um, Bill, uh, uh, Lee Elder, the first black uh, Masters yeah. player. European Germany's first one. What? Go ahead. Go ahead, Chris. Okay. Lee, okay, I didn't hear what he was saying. Lee Elder and then Gary Player had won the first, was the first foreign player to win the Masters, and that happened, or non, I'm sure British had won, but, you know, yeah. a foreign yeah. player off of the European continent in the United States. And he yeah. won it 60 years ago this year in 61. So he was there as one of the starters, too. So yeah. that was kind of, yeah. kind of cool. And. And yeah, and like I said, and ironically, of course, the person who won it back in November was Justin Tom, and it did not make, didn't make the cut. Nope. Didn't even make, so he had to hang around to give that green jacket away <laughs> for two days. So, and now there, now, uh, well, you know, it's just uh, thank God Fuzzy won't be saying anything about what the champions' dinner is on this. Well, and right, yeah, I was just gonna say, I hope they have a good uh, uh, Japanese cook in uh, Georgia because next year. Well, uh, he'll he'll get to pick out you know. I like hear, I like hearing about. You may not need a cook. It might be sushi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. I love hearing about the dinners that time. I mean, because yeah. like I said, they, Jordan Spieth won it. He had a big old like a barbecue thing, and you know, yep. he did a Texas barbecue. I mean, they, just for the, the that's kind of a neat little thing about the Masters. Yeah, and they, it's they, and they it's only former champions that are invited, which is cool. Yeah. You know. Yeah, all the only the former champions and yeah. they did have fans there, of course. You know, they yep. have they had the fans and the Azaleas were and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. So so Tiger Woods, um we need to we found out more about him. He was going eighty seven miles per hour in a forty five mile an hour zone. So and no and no charges uh because there were no uh, <coughs> drugs or alcohol uh, in the car. Now, the thing is, and he, he seemed lucid to them, although at one point he thought he was in Florida. I did hear that. So I don't yeah, know yeah. what they the did not, no, they, And remember, Chris, they did not do uh, toxicology on him. No, I was surprised at that. But I guess since he wasn't unconscious, I think that they, they just evaluated him. So this is probably something that you do anyway. Also, I think since it was only – him him injuring himself, that was the other reason he wasn't charged. If there had been another vehicle involved, then he would have been charged, I'm sure. So I don't think it had yeah. to do with being famous or anything like that. I think it's just sort of uh, the way. Yeah, but there were also reports that he couldn't remember where he was. He thought he was yeah. in Florida. They yeah. don't. So that's where they're questioning why they didn't do a report to see if he was on anything. That's the part that, that has been questioned. Yeah, you know, and, and we're not saying that he was or was not. We're saying that that has given people some questionability about. Yeah. Well, also, TMZ reported that there was a unlabeled pill bottle found in the area, and, and, and yeah, 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 and that and Tiger Woods was very, very combative when they were trying to get him out of the car. Yeah, and CBS also had that story. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So I don't know. He we will not be charged, but I think they also kind of figure again that it was an accident by himself. And he's had an, all these injuries. I think if he, it was less, they might have charged him with more, you know, too. I think they kind of weigh right. these things. So, anyway, yeah, so that was that was the other they, golf story this week. And, and, and they so said I guess there's we can, been 13 wrecks 
over there, but you know, yeah, and on that road. So okay, so I guess we can move on to MLB, move on to the standings, and then the schedule tonight. And then we've got some baseball notes. And so sure. we start with the American League East, and this was at the start of today. The Red Sox were six and three; they won, so they're now seven and three. Tampa Bay uh, five and five. Oh, and while I'm at it, before I forget, because I, I think I wrote it down, but I, I don't know. I want to tell you about Miss A nowadays with baseball. It's pretty oh, yeah. cool now. The, now the, whole thing, the whole thing went down um, Thursday, and you couldn't get scores. And it'd say an American League East matchup, and then show, yeah. just stop. Yeah, so they fixed yeah. that. But what it'll do, what she'll do now is a few minutes after the game, she will, and this is in all sports. It's in hockey and basketball, too. She will update the records of the team. Oh. So you don't have to wait till the next day to get the standings. You could you could sit there, you know, if you know, you, not right away. I mean, I did it with the Red Sox like five minutes later. It didn't work, but about you know, an hour later, they did. So you can check the standings of any team or the records of any team any time. So it's pretty cool with Miss yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. so right now well, we know that the Red Sox are seven and three, and so does she. Uh, Tampa Bay five and five. The Yankees are five and five. Baltimore four and five. Toronto four and six. And actually, uh, there was a, a note while we mentioned Toronto. There was a note about them. Uh, Perry was something with the COVID. Uh, yeah, T- uh, Tiasco Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, Hernandez yeah. I think is uh, tested positive. I think. Yeah. And so I shouldn't. If he's going to eat tenderloin, you know, I, I should call on him when he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, American League Central. Well, then we know the Twins lost, so we'll be right up to day two and say they're five and five. But Cleveland that puts them in first place at five and four. The White Sox at five and five. Kansas City four and four, and the Tigers are at four and six. In the West, the Angels are seven and three. Yeah, so I think you were laughing at me. Yeah, I didn't, didn't even notice that. Houston at six and four. Seattle at five and four. Oakland at four and seven, and Texas at three and seven. National League East, Phillies at six and three. Mets are, are two. They're second at two and three. Atlanta four and six is third. Miami is three and six. And Washington two and five, and of course the the division records are all everybody else played about ten games, but these are messed up by the the problems that the Mets and Nationals had. So you know they're yeah. they're still catching up. In the Central, Cincinnati, as we said, is rolling at seven and three. Milwaukee six and four. St. Louis five and five. The Cubs are four and six. Pittsburgh three and seven. In the West, we have the Dodgers. They're they're they got some good records out here. Dodgers eight and two. San Diego eight and three. San Francisco six and four. Arizona four and seven, Colorado three and seven. So for uh, today's schedule, we know that the uh, uh, Red Sox. Uh, that's right. That's where Perry was. He was probably getting us some scores. I, the that's where, Sox, yes, <laughs> <laughs> the Red Sox. But we got to, we took care of Tay Oscar Hernandez anyway. So yeah. anyway, the Red Sox uh, won uh, four to two uh, today over the Twins. And then we have uh, games going on right now. Uh, do we not, Perry? A couple of we, them. We do. Yeah. Well, we have three of them. We have the A's okay. Diamondbacks. That is five to five in the seventh. Yeah, Jed, the, uh, Jed Lowry just tied it up with a three-run home run. So, okay. The uh, Mariners are leading the Orioles. This is game one. It is four-three in the middle of the eighth. And uh, that, of course, with the new rules, that is an extra inning. So this is 4-3 in the eighth. Right. And the Mets and the Phillies are tied 2-2 in the bottom of the sixth. So, so, for those, so for those who want to watch the ESPN game at uh, 7 Eastern, I would bet that's not going to start at 7 Eastern. <laughs> uh, probably not. Uh, then that's the other thing. 
to, to mention tomorrow, uh, this is a change with the Red Sox game having been postponed yesterday in Minnesota because of the shooting uh, in, in on Sunday. They ended up uh, moving. They're, they're going to have a double header tomorrow. However, it's still going to be a two ten Eastern uh, because right. they didn't move it up. I'm I don't know why because we still have the curfew. I think. But uh, the uh, reason the reason it is Chris is because you know with only playing seven innings theoretically you would figure they would be able to get that in in time and yeah. uh, if they if for whatever reason they needed to do it they could suspend something and there is another That's game true. on thursday there That's is the so reason. that might happen yeah I, I if it were me i would have probably moved it up an hour but yeah i probably would have too yeah so anyway, so that's going to happen tomorrow. Okay, continuing with today's schedule, we had Oakland, Arizona score for you. Uh, uh, okay, 635 San Diego at Pittsburgh, 705 Seattle at Baltimore. Well, that's the doubleheader. That, uh, Actually, yeah. that's doubleheader. So, yes, yeah. that's right. At 707, the Yankees at Toronto, um, 710 Texas at Tampa Bay. And then we have the Phillies met second game right. we'll, at 720 Miami at Atlanta. <clears throat> Excuse me, 740 the Cubs are at Milwaukee. Uh, 745 Washington at St. Louis, 810 Cleveland is at the White Sox, uh, Detroit is at Houston, the Angels are at Kansas City, 945 Cincinnati at San Francisco, and 1010 Colorado at the Dodgers. So that's your and that, schedule and that, for tonight. Uh, that Philly Mets game is an ESPN game, it actually starts at 7 Eastern, but the 635 is... I guess, well, you're going yeah, and, yeah. I would so, bet, though, they like they do about 45 minutes now between games. I would bet that's not going to start that early. No. Right. San Francisco is also an ESPN game tonight. No, that's MLB Network, I believe. Oh, it's, no, it's ESPN. It's, it's, it, it, it is ESPN. It's, uh, oh, okay. All right. I yeah. saw a tweet. It is, uh, that is going to be is. Dave Fleming. Jessica Mendoza yeah. and Doug Glanville. I Will Dave Fleming yeah. ever come back to the Giants? Do we know? <laughs> you know, he, uh, he, he was there. He was there earlier too. Yeah, he oh. was there this weekend. So. Oh no! I thought he was doing the Masters. Was he? Uh, no. For a couple of that. Well, Will was talking about him being, and they all were agreeing that he was oh. at the Masters. Oh, right. Now, whether he carried over to Saturday and Sunday, maybe he went back to the Giants for that. But yeah. I don't know. He wasn't there with John uh, Miller on Sunday afternoon, so I thought okay. he was still in. Well, and normally what they do, Chris, when he's not there, is John Miller will do about, what, the six innings, and then Dwayne Kuyper will come over and do the middle. Yes, and right. that happened uh, at one point. I did hear Dwayne on, on the radio uh, one right. time. Like, um, one day, by, by the way, did you mention um, in the baseball news, did you mention the Jim Powell story? No, we haven't gotten to that yet. Well, why don't you do okay. it now since you mentioned it? Okay, yeah. Jim Powell it was announced by a spokeswoman from Liberty Media says they have cut the number of games that Jim Powell will do. Uh, they did not give a number of games that he'll do. They say that is still flexible. Uh, ben Ingram and Joe Simpson have done most of the games. Uh, Jim Powell's first game, however, was last night. And uh, that kind of sounds fishy. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't think Jim Powell is that old. So no, I don't know why they would be doing. Unless the only thing I can think of is maybe they are afraid that if they don't do something for Ben Ingram, being a younger announcer, they might lose him. You know, to another team. I don't see him as that exciting. I mean, he's to me, he's cookie cutter. I don't. I don't get the fascination with him. I don't dislike him at all. But yeah. I like Jim Powell better. So I prefer, I'm just, yeah, I prefer Jim Powell. I, as far as I'm concerned, they could lose. I would, th- I would think if if you wanted to do something, and I don't think he's, you know, what I would say is incredibly old. But if you wanted to do something, maybe you would, you know, somehow make it to where you cut games. You know, 
all three cut a little back and and try to make everybody happy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, of course they want a player in the booth, so they you do. know, there's that with Joe Simpson. So, <clears throat> so Mike Sosha is going to be the manage manage the U.S. team in the Olympics in uh, for uh, 2021 Olympics, of course. Yeah. And then uh, they're going to be from uh, if they make it, they'll be from July 23rd to 8:07. The baseball tournament is. Uh, uh, later on, I think it's the 28th to the 2nd or something like that, I think they're they're saying. Uh, I've got that written down. We'll get to it. And, of course, this is – it's interesting. David USF ran uh, down. They're going to have Olympics every year for one uh, one kind or another pretty much. We got the uh, Tokyo in 21. In uh, 204 to 220 in Beijing, we'll have the uh, Winter Olympics. And then the 24 Summer Olympics are in Paris. And then um, Mike, Mike Sosha, getting back to him – in the Angels, in his Angel career, he managed. He won 1,650 games and lost 1,428. He was, of course, he won the, the World Series in 2002, and uh, he was the manager of the year in 2002 and 2009. And then he uh, and the first time for baseball in the Olympics since 2008. And then, uh, let's see, the tournament, uh, for, there's going to be a tournament from uh, July 28th through August 7th and uh, the turn no that's the Olympic uh, that that is when the baseball tournament is but there's a pre pre tournament to qualify that's going to have Mexico Israel uh, uh, and South Korea and Japan uh, they're already in and then the United States has to get in two more teams can get in and then uh, and uh, so the United States is going to be in a tournament with some other teams I don't think I have the list of those teams but nobody from the 40-man rosters in baseball is eligible for these uh, these things and then uh, so another uh, announcer issue Ted Leitner is retiring as the uh, Padres announcer and I'm concerned because it came up kind of out of the blue uh, was he doing, do you know, Perry, if he was doing the San Diego State uh, basketball and yes, so forth? Yes, yes, and he will continue yeah. to do San Diego State. Um, that actually was announced on January 15th. Oh, really? So okay. and he, he did not do any spring training. But, uh, you know, in, in accordance with that, Chris, Jesse Agler got a no-hitter quite early in his Padre. Yes, he did. Yes. That's right. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll think in a minute. The only team that's never had one finally yeah, we'll, got one. We'll get, we'll get to that. And uh, Jesse Agler and uh, Tony Gwynn is working with him. Yes. And, and then uh, I already told and, you. You know, I, li- I did listen to them, and they actually are pretty yeah. they're pretty decent. Uh, is Tony Gwynn doing any play-by-players? Just no, he is, he, is, where... he is just doing analyzing. But yeah, okay, he, he's, good. he's actually doing that, and he reads spots and things like that. So I would they're probably working him in. Yeah. Well, some people don't do play-by-play, and uh, yeah, it's, right. it's okay. They <laughs> they had Lou Merloni do a couple innings once, and it wasn't good. So, uh, well, you know, <laughs> one, one of the guys, one of the guys who doesn't, and he can actually do it if he wanted to. But one of my sports legend was Harry Carey, and boy, Stoney, he hated that play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so the streaming things we we talked a little bit about the uh, about Miss A and what she's doing, but the streaming is continuing to to go on. We have teams of Washington Nationals are streaming, Texas Rangers, the Yankees, the Cubs, and uh, the Tigers were doing home games. Whether they'll come back when they get back home or if that was just a fluke, I don't really know. So it's mostly, and but not all are streaming nationally. Not all of the uh, Odyssey stations are streaming. Like the I, Twins, WEI of course, did road games, but now we're not getting the home games. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And then uh, iHeart is pretty much not doing it. And right. uh, there was a story uh, that Jerry told us WDAE was streaming a little while on Thursday while they put the kibosh on that. So that's not happening anymore. Well, and I, I've warned with any of the Odyssey stations, if I leave my device on a particular station, um, I can hear the game. But if I ask my device to switch to another station or anything and try to go back, then the block is in place. So I've that's warned. Funny. I've, I've seen warned, them cut. That's unusual because usually they'll cut it out, whatever's going on. They'll, and here's the first mm-hmm. pitch, and it's yeah. gone. You know, that's usually No, but I, I've learned if I'm listening to something and the game starts, if I leave my device there, I'll get the whole game. But if I, if I have to do anything, uh, you know, and I try uh, to go back, the block's in place. Interesting. So, so uh, Robert, you might want to comment on this. The business with Te- Trevor Bauer had baseball sent to the, I guess the A's sent baseballs to uh, uh, yeah, uh, Major the, League Baseball. When the Dodgers, when the Dodgers visited Oakland, the uh, Trevor Bauer pitched in the final game of the series, and apparently, I don't know how many baseballs. No, it was the middle. Sent. It was the middle game. Oh, well, no, he pitched. Uh, that's strange, Perry, because he pitched in the last game of the series. Um, the so, athletic yeah. article said it was a middle game, but that's it. That's kind yeah. of irrelevant to yeah. the story. But anyway, um, I don't know how many baseballs were sent, but apparently they have found several baseballs and had a sticky substance on on the ball. So they have sent I don't know how many baseballs to the major uh, to uh, MLB headquarters for them to be analyzed. I never got a number of how many balls or anything, and I don't know when we're going to get the results of that. I don't. But, I don't either. Yeah. The athletics said several balls. Yeah, and uh, fans uh, w- uh, fans even turned in foul balls that they collected during the game. They tur- they turned them into the A's, and the A's apparently shipped in a, a big crate to uh, MLB headquarters. So okay, that's no good. That's a bad chain of custody. There. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah, we had chain of custody that time with the. Uh, yeah. What was yeah. it? Uh, who OJ Simpson uh, yeah, well, there's that, but didn't um, one of the guy from the Brewers, um, uh, Ryan? Oh Braun. yeah, yeah, Ryan yeah, Braun, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so just Joe Musgrove is the guy who pitched the uh, no hitter for the Padres after uh, eighty-two thousand six games. The the last team eight thousand two hundred and six. Yeah, what did I say? Eight, eighty-two thousand. Yeah, eighty-two thousand. Eight, 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 and yeah. the thing is that. Um, they had never had a no-hitter. They were the last team to get one. Everybody else, even teams that have been around less than they have, had no-hitters. And uh, they, you know, and there's also the first uh, no-hitter at Globe Life Field, but they haven't played a whole lot of games. They're just the ones from Texas last year and a few games this year. Right. Uh, so, and he had 10 strikeouts in that no-hitter and beat Texas 3 to nothing. Uh, Don Orsillo got excited. I heard the call. <laughs> yeah. He was roundly criticized when he was. It was his second, That's maybe right. his first game, yeah. actually. When Hideo Nomo pitched a no hitter here, and he and there's a no hitter for Hideo Nomo. That's about all he did. <laughs> and people were yelling at him for months about that. Yeah. So uh, he did not make that mistake with the, uh, no. with the Padres the other day. <laughs> so uh, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> and the Dodgers gave out their uh, rings before the Thursday game, the opener of the season, and they uh, they also announced on Thursday that the Lakers will give out their rings before their last uh, game of the regular season on the on the twelfth of May. So you know this is of course the California just started to have fans in the stands in April, so that was uh, where they were able to do that. 
Did you hear about the boxes those rings came in? Oh, yeah. They, uh, no, no. What, what's up with some that? Kind of, and I, I don't understand technology, but somehow when you open up the box that the ring comes in, the top of the box becomes like a TV screen and shows yep. like, a, I think it was like a 20-minute highlight. And I didn't I didn't get whether it was a highlight of just the Dodgers or that individual player or what, but it's like a 20-minute highlight uh, film it, on the box. It, it depends on the role on your team, uh, uh, yeah. If you were like Mookie Betts, it's all your personal yeah. highlights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, if, yeah. if you were a bench player or, or something like that, you got highlights of the whole team. Whole team yeah. And uh, the interesting part about that is they gave a ring to David Price, who opted out last year, didn't oh, pitch right. at all. And, well, he, and he's decided because he, didn't, he said, I didn't earn this, I, I didn't pitch, I wasn't on the team. Right. He's decided to, to sell his ring. And put the money, uh, donate the money to various charities. That's so. nice. But he also, one of the good things, and I'd have to say this, and I mean, he did some good stuff here, but I have to say, he kept him out of the locker room. He didn't cause any trouble. And so that's good. Because generally, <laughs> you know, he caused some trouble here, as we know. So Normally, yeah. now, normally now teams frown on selling your rings. Yeah. Well, well appa- apparently, he, apparently he, uh, uh, when the Dodgers told him he was going to get a ring, he apparently told them, he said, I, di- I didn't earn this, uh, so this is what I'm going to do, and apparently they've given him the okay to do that. Yeah, so. and the other thing he could do, and I'm not saying he's going to do it this way, he could do it through the Dodger Foundation or something like that. He could, yeah. So that would be fine. Yeah. So um, I had written down about Craig Driver, the uh, Cubs first base hold, coach. Hold on, Chris, now- I think we're, we're way past. Let's go ahead and we'll oh, come back with the Cubs. Right. Let's get our break. Okay. And then we'll come back with the Cubs. And then, Jerry, I do see your hand is up, so we will get to you and after we have the break. Other baseball stuff yes, too. after the break. Oh, yeah. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 men 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. I know. You don't. (laughs) Oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. (laughs) No. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
And we are back. So, Chris, if you want to begin with the Cubs uh, information. Okay, well, I forgot to mention about the Cubs that, um, and you, you had brought this up, Victor Caratini, who caught for the Cubs last year, caught the last no-hitter that was pitched, and he caught uh, this no-hitter for the Padres uh, this week. So he p- caught one against uh, Milwaukee last week with, uh, what was his name, Alex Smith? Alec Mills. Alec, Alec Mills. Mills. Yeah, and he was he pitched a no hitter last year, and then Caratini. And this is the first time anybody has caught consecutive MLB no hitters with two different teams. So that's kind of an interesting thing. And so the Cubs, uh, Perry, is starting to get a little uh, COVID issues here. They are Craig Driver, their first base coach, and Chris Young, their bullpen coach, has it. And then there are other players that are also affected by this. You said. There are Brandon, Brandon Workman, Dan Winkler, and Jason Adam, who are all pitchers. And then today, uh, we learned that Matt Duffy has been uh, placed on the list. Okay. Now, David USF had a, it did an interesting thing. He sent us, uh, we were talking, and he mentioned that the Dodger Stadium is the third oldest stadium. And he ran down the stadiums and when they opened the top ten. It's kind of interesting how long they've been around. So number 10 was Progressive Field in Cleveland, opened February, uh, April uh, 2nd, 1994. Ninth was Camden Yards, and that's 406-92. Eight is Guarantee Rate Field, which is the old Comiskey Park, the, the new Comiskey Park, but the last of the old-style ballparks. It wasn't one of the modern, new style like Camden Yards. That was April 18th of 91. Seven was Rogers Center, a.k.a. Sky Dome, June 3rd of 89. Six is Kauffman Stadium, 41073. So quite a gap there in stadiums not being, you know. Five is Ring Central and Coliseum, 91866. Of course, that opened for the Raiders, but at least when the stadium actually opened. And then the uh, the Big A in Anaheim on April 19th of 66. Uh, then we had uh, Dodger Stadium, April 10th of uh, 62. And then Wrigley Field in 1914. We don't have the date on that. And then Fenway Park is the oldest, of course, uh, April 20th, 1912. So, so it's really uh, funny that uh, that's the way the stadiums are and that, you know, how long they've been around. You, you forget how long. Because part of it is they change their names. You don't even know. Like this progressive field, progressive. I'm never going to remember that that was a new stadium now because, you know, and the Jake. Well, the Jake was, yeah, the progressive. Well, no, I mean, I, I should have said Globe Life. Because Globe Life, they changed from a park to a field, you know, and then we're going to remember. No, well, no, stadium. Globe Life is not a park. No, Globe Life Field is not Globe Life Park. I know that. I'm just saying. So we're going to be well, saying it, it, it doesn't seem like good. it's a new stadium because it has the same name. And then the names yeah. changed. So, like, ring that Chicago thing was Ring Central for a while, I think. And, that, you know, it's it's crazy. With the U.S. Cellular. Names. Yeah, U.S. Cellular. US that's US who they were. But, yeah. but you always think of Progressive as a, as a Jake, you know, for years. And like right. the Camden Yard Estate. That way, but and if you think about it, because all these other stadiums that open, I mean, because you all the old stadiums, the, all the multi-purpose stadiums except for Oakland all went away. San Diego, Pittsburgh, yep. Philadelphia, St. St. Louis, Louis, Cincinnati, yep. Atlanta, they all went away in the nineties. That's 90s. why there's that big and gap there, out. you know, that you go yeah. all the way from '89 back to '73 for Crofton Stadium. Yeah, Dome, all those went away because yeah. they were the first ones. They put they built the Chief Stadium right next to it at that time. They were the first ones to do it that way. And then everybody yeah. started to do it later, you know. Any any Dave Van Horn uh, information, uh, Perry? We're still on a look. We are look still out looking. For Dave at there Van is Horn. none that I have seen. Okay, so we'll see what we'll happens with him if we can find out anything. And then the other two things that people talked about this week: uh, the Mets had a nine-pitch uh, suspended game the other day, <laughs> and so what has happened? Now this is actually, I think, a good rule because. 
we, we talked briefly about Roger Maris last week, and let me tell you, one of the things that happened that you find if you read, read that book or were to read that book, Roger Maris actually hit 60 home runs in the 154 games, but one of them was in a suspended game. And, the, you know, the Yankees were way ahead, blah, 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 got rained out in the third or fourth inning, whenever it was, and that home run was wiped out. Now anything that you do on the baseball field will count. Whereas before, they would take it away. So this is good. I think, you know, even if it's a nine, it's silly when it's nine pitches, you say, why, you know, a runner at first, uh, nobody out, and a one and no count, and here we are starting. But, hey, it, it is what it is, and I think this is a rule they should keep. I think there's no reason to, to just throw everything out. You've played three or four innings and throw it away like they did. So I, I think that's a good rule. I would, and, ag- uh, I would agree with you, Chris, but nine pitches? Yeah. Well, the yeah. Mets shouldn't have, the Mets the Mets shouldn't have even started that game. They should not have. Uh, it was raining. It now, was raining. The way that's good, the way that should work if it works the same way that they play in the minor leagues when they play that game in August, that game will be a nine inning game because it started Correct. as a nine inning game, and then the second game will be a seven inning game. Oh, okay. Oh, that's yeah. what they're going to do. Okay. That's the way it should be. Well, with Major League yeah. Baseball, you don't know if it will yeah. be that but way. That's, no, that's fine. But I, I just think, uh, no, I, nine pitches. Then you get into, well, this home I mean, if one of the nine pitches had been a home run hit by a Marlin, they wouldn't be very happy having that taken away. Yeah. So I, I think if you're going to do it, you got to do it. So I, I have no problem with that. I think that's a good thing. I think suspended games are cool. I remember one time we had one with the Red Sox in 68, and they had to stop because the Angels had to leave and go somewhere. It was the same day that Paul. Paul Shaw got hit by Jose Santiago and all this. And they, they picked it up, and the Red Sox won it like on a, earlier on a Sunday afternoon in August. They played that game, and they won the game with, you know, and, and they went extra innings. And it was kind of a cool thing to wait around for it for a while. And the other thing that people brought up, because they just saw uh, a, a little weird schedule anomalies, there aren't a lot of Sunday days off for people. That's just yeah, is one of those things that happened. And, you know, what they did, and the reason it happened with the Giants and Seattle, which was one of them, was they there one of those? Remember last week I talked about three game series. They just decided the Giants and Seattle, or Seattle decided to play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and get the Giants could leave, go to San Diego, wherever they had to go next, and just and it have Sunday off. And it was Easter. Yeah. It was Easter too. Right. Yep. So you know why not? You know. So I, I, I Jerry, know. if you Jerry, if you want to start unmuting, we'll get to you, and then Jamal will get to you after Jerry. And I don't know why the A's and Astros did that. Did the same thing on. Uh, yeah, this last weekend, Chris, it, they played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and had yeah, Sunday I, off. that I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it is, I mean, maybe it's a big deal. We're taking a Sunday off. I mean, it's not a huge, it's just a day off. It's just well, a day well, that's okay. Well, with the baseball A's, is, rating wise, baseball yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't mind having some Sundays off the, the last three Sundays of the season. They want to play the last day because there's always something going on. That's right, right but, yeah. Uh, but the base, the end, and if, I mean, the Red Sox can be in the middle of the greatest pennant race in the world unless it's the last day and they still need the game. I'm not paying attention hardly. No, you know, no. One like other three hours. One other thing, Chris, that that came up. I was talking to somebody last night. We, I had a friend helping me set up my uh, new radio, my HD radio that I got, and uh, we were talking about the schedules in the uh, minor leagues. And it sounds like, from what he's been told. Um, you know, working for a radio station when they mm-hmm. set out all the memos, it sounds like the there will be no games on Mondays this year. So I wonder then, and I don't know the answer to this. He d- he didn't know that. I wonder if there are no games on Mondays. If you're going to see probably some Sunday doubleheaders, 
It probably. I've heard that. I have heard that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. So we got Jerry yet? Let's go to Jerry. How you doing, Jerry? Okay. Well, I can answer the one question about uh, what I heard about the. Uh, the Pirates, Double uh, A uh, Club, the Altoona Curb. I guess what they're going to be doing is playing six games with a team. Like like uh, whoever they start with, they'll play Tuesday through Sunday. Okay, and uh, then they'll have Monday off. <laughs> and uh, actually, I have three things to disseminate. Uh, the second thing, I want to talk about the Arkansas Derby a little bit. Okay, as we had horse racing uh, leading up to the Kentucky Derby. Um, Superstock won it. Uh, he beat uh, uh, he beat the um, he beat an undefeated horse oh, whose name was no Steve. longer undefeated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No longer undefeated. Um, concert tour. His name was okay. And Cattle River was third. They were neck and neck. It was a good race. I mean, the, 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 and uh, that so worked out too good. So the Superstock is one we want to probably start looking at for the Derby. Yeah, Superstock, and then there's one one in the uh, in the uh, Santa Anita Derby a couple of weeks ago called Rock Your World. Okay, uh, that's another one we want to look at. And and thirdly, uh, turning to broadcasters, um, this is the anniversary of the death of Harry Callis. Oh yeah, that's right. I, okay, and uh, I'll never forget that day. And oh nine Easter Monday. Todd mentioned that last night on the Astros broadcast. You mentioned about his dad. You know, anniversary was losing yeah, his dad uh-huh. tomorrow, which yeah. is today now. But by the way, we can update a couple of things. The uh, the uh, okay, Mets game is uh, two to two now on the eighth. Okay. And the A's are leading six to five in the eighth, and yes, the Mariners did win four to three. Yeah. Okay, who and, won four to three? Uh, the Mariners did beat the Orioles. Mariners beat the Orioles. Okay, yeah. Jamal, if you want to unmute, Jamal, if you want to unmute, we will get to you. Yeah, real quickly though, on that, that makes sense. What Jerry said about the six game schedules, because in minor leagues, Double A AA and Triple A, they play 144 games, so that would make well, this sense year it's going to be this year though it's going to be 140. Okay, 140 some. Yeah, okay. Normally you're right though, Shady. Normally it's 144. Which yeah. is not divisible by six, so that's, that won't work. Right. No, and that by, won't and, uh, Another baseball note to pass along, Josh Reddick has signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So yes, minor league. Minor league deal. Deal. Jamal, how's it going? All right. I'm at home this time. I'm oh, not okay. Right. okay. I'm sitting at my desk facing the window. Okay. What is okay. On a nice sunny day here in the Chicago Southland. With all that, with all that being said, a couple of things about baseball. First of all, about the White Sox and their vaulted bullpen that everybody was talking about, <laughs> how great these guys are. These guys have turned out to be, and I understand it's nine games in, but these guys are beginning to be a cluster, and I'm being yeah. nice about it. You're, you you I, are, Jamal. Good improvement over the last 137 shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're blowing games, they're, and I'm like, this is a great bullpen they got? Really? <laughs> Jamal, anybody who tells you that they know what a bullpen's going to do 
is blowing smoke. Unless you're Mariano Rivera or Bruce Souter or, you know, Lee Smith or you name them, for four or five guys in history, you know they're going to be there and they're going to get it done. You know, the Tom Brady's of closers. Other than that, you got no clue. The middle guys, the eighth, seventh inning, the eighth inning guys, Red Sox bullpen looks great. And everybody said, oh, their bullpen's not going to be good. So, and, and it's only, again, nine games like we're talking about. So who the heck knows? Over, overall, we may be saying the opposite by Labor Day, but I'm just saying nobody knows. Nobody knows. And that's, the problem is not with the closer. It's, it's with the middle guys getting to the closer. It often is. It often is. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And then I want to talk about this cockamamie got off rule about putting a runner on second base. Oh, I, I love it. it. I, I love mean, it. I, 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 I like that about I like that about as much as the coronavirus. <laughs> that, that needs to be that that needs to be vaccinated out of Major League Baseball. Really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who? who I mean, Rob Manfred. He ought to be flat for a lot of stuff. Well, no, I'll tell you what. I, I, I don't think I got to say this because it hadn't happened. It was last Tuesday night, and I hadn't paid any attention to the, hardly any attention to the Red Sox. They were terrible, and, and I didn't really care about the outcomes of postseason. They didn't do it, and they're not going to do it. I don't think in the postseason this year either. But it really gets your attention. It's a, you know, it's almost like in hockey having a breakaway when the when the uh, overtime starts. So you've got somebody yeah. on there. It's happening for both teams. It's not charged. The run is not charged to the pitcher or anything like that. And it gets your attention. You've got to pitch out of that. And so, the pitcher you know, does get me, a loss, though. Yeah, the pitcher yeah. gets. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that makes sense, I guess, uh, in a strange sort of way, because I guess you have to give them a win and a loss somehow. But the, the thing is, I, I don't mind it. And it creates. It created a game. Let's see. What was it? Um, two to three to three on Tuesday night. And we ended up with it. Six to five, Red Sox finally won it, and coming from behind to win five to four in the twelfth, which meant people were scoring almost every inning. You get so many times if you get a, a seventeen inning game. The reason it's seventeen innings and so and so number of uh, fourteen Red Sox have been retired by A's pitching or whatever, and that's why it goes to seventeen innings and it gets boring. Yeah, you know. Well, the thing I like about it, and, and I don't even know if I'd like the rule or not, but the thing I do like about it is that you're, you're into a situation where you, you have a little strategy, whether you're going to move the runner over or not, which we just don't see anymore. Yeah? Right now. <laughs> yeah, it could create a little more premium not, on bunting. I'm not we'll crazy about it. Yeah, I'm not. But yeah. I guess what I would like to see is if you're going to do it, maybe instead of starting it you know, as soon as the, the actor is maybe let him play two, possibly three, and then do it. Well, you could do that. That'd be like a shootout. You know, that'd be analogous to hockey with the yeah. overtime and yeah. then the shootout. You know, I, yeah. I equate I equate this to like college football. After the second overtime, everybody right. has to go for two. Right, go for two after that. that and that's where so now, it throws a little strategy. You know, or it throws. Yeah, you know, well, that, that, there there is that. I mean, I, I could see that, and yeah. uh, and but I guess it isn't going to be in the postseason, is it, Perry? Uh, no. No, no. So, uh, now, now, so, Chris, yeah. you, you like that one? What do you think of the seven inning double headers? I know we had a discussion uh, earlier. Robert does have, not like them. Uh, I, David, I, David USF did like them. For me, once again, this will be my first experience with a real one. I mean, there were a couple for the Red Sox last year, but I could have cared less, you know, because they were terrible. I mean, it'll be uh, interesting. I, I think it's okay. I think I, I think it's okay. Well, you know, we'll we'll just see how it goes. And now, uh, you, now know, you do what, you do know though, Chris. It, it, on, a, on a humorous note. You yeah. do know, looking back, our buddy John, who uh, oh. he he would he would hate. He's turning over in his grave. Yes, with all he is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got our baseball fix for the week we here. Did, we did. So now all we right. can move to the next. Let's go to hockey. 
All right. And uh, Sean can go to sleep for about 15 minutes. Okay. <laughs> in, in, the, uh, in the East, we're doing the standings, of course, first. In the East, Washington with 58 points. Islanders with 58 points. Pittsburgh with 56 points. So they're, they're well ahead of there. They're going to be the top three. Bruins with 48. The Rangers are now in fifth with 44. And the Flyers are, t- well, they both have 44, but the Rangers are in fifth, Flyers in sixth. Uh, then we have um, New Jersey with 34 and Buffalo with 26. Uh, those Buffalo points just keep piling up. In the uh, in the North, Canada, Toronto with 59, Winnipeg 53, Edmonton 52, Montreal 45, Calgary 37, Vancouver 35, and Ottawa 32. And I guess Vancouver had a setback again, Robert. Yes, uh, they they were delayed by at least 24 hours and. Because they had another positive test that brings the total to 26. <laughs> so uh, we'll, uh, the NHL is bound to determine to have everybody finish the season, and you're going to talk about that. I know David. I know David. Yeah, USF David put in a message. We will talk about that. Yeah. In the Central, we have Tampa Bay with 58, Carolina with 58. We have Florida 56. Nashville now is fourth with 47. The Blackhawks with 45, Dallas 41, Columbus 39, and Detroit 36. So there you go in the in the central. So it kind of looks like Columbus fell apart. They were they were doing a lot better than that. Well, but, and uh, Columbus has they they did a fire sell over the weekend. They got rid yeah. of a lot of people. I, I speaking getting quickly back to the Bruins. I was reading an article and in, in trying to catch a couple more trades for for today's show. I was reading an article by Kevin Paul Dupont yesterday in the Globe, and he was talking about all the injuries on the Bruins defense. I didn't realize. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, their, crazy. De- their yeah. defense is decimated right now. Yeah. which is why they started off great. They were up there with you know the, the Islanders in Washington doing just as well until that, and then everything yeah. really that's been the problem. So right now, and not to mention the first two goaltenders are out. That's yeah. right. That's right. Although this guy Swayman's doing pretty good. The work yeah. Uh, they're both the rookies now that are playing. And in yeah. the West, we have Colorado now leading with 62, Vegas 58, Minnesota 51, St. Louis 44. Now, St. Louis had a kind of a comeback. They were like in sixth. Now they're in fourth. Yeah. And we have Arizona with 41, San Jose with 40. So the Sharks have a little bit of a chance here, uh, yeah. Robert. Uh, you know? I'm, I'm telling you, uh, we didn't do very well last night, but uh, we do have a shot if, uh, if we yep. get our act together. Yep. The Kings are at 38, so they still are in it. And the only one out of it right now is Anaheim yeah. in the West. Okay, the Tuesday game. Yeah, the Blues they... just need to keep that comeback going, Chris. Well, yeah, and, well they... uh, uh, now I I did not get an update today, Perry. I don't know when that game is going to be played. So um, I have not Blues seen an update on that either. Well, what they're going to have, since we're going to talk about that, is the, the regular season can go as late as the uh, 16th. So now, if they, you know, they can, there may be some games that you, people will randomly play. Clearly, the Vancouver Canucks are going to play a bunch of games. But beyond that, other games that need to be played in other divisions will get played in that last week, I guess. You yeah. know, contingent on work, get working out you know, availabilities. <laughs> You know, this is this is was the disadvantage yesterday to Minnesota having two uh, building for the Timberwolves and a timber building for the Wild. They got two postponements for the price of one. Yesterday. <laughs> yes. So uh, and uh, well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, right. the the thing that'll be interesting is uh, a lot of these teams share with the NBA, so right. uh, they're going to have to work out 
arena availability and all that kind of good no, stuff. No, they will. That's that's not, yeah. you know, I mean, and it, nothing is etched in stone with any of these leagues. And everybody, no, both right. leagues know it. So they, <clears throat> yeah. they have uh, they've been cooperating very well. There hasn't been any problems with, you know, one time the Bruins had to play a Friday afternoon playoff game because the Celtics uh, said, well, we're going to have our meaningless home home game on Friday night. You know, Chris, while we're in the uh, hockey um, with you speak of, of the wild, and that reminds me. I wonder if their announcer is going to retire at some point coming up here because um, Joe O'Donnell, who does the uh, AAA version of the Minnesota Wild, which of course is here in Des Moines, has yeah. been up doing Minnesota games. So I wonder if yeah, yeah uh, maybe, uh, they're, maybe they're th- maybe they're thinking he may be the replacement there at some point. Yeah, Bob yeah, Kurtz Bob. has been around for a while, of course. He yeah. did the uh, Red Sox here on Nesson for a number of years, replacing Ned Martin and stuff. So he's he's probably in his... Uh, and, he, and of course, 50s. we know he's done some Twins games in the past. Yes. Right, he did. And, okay. Yeah, I just, so the, I, just did a little, I just did a little count. There's 11 arenas where the NBA and NHL share, and of course, one, you know, with... LA, where you have two NBA teams and a, and and a hockey team. Yeah. And a hockey team. Okay, so, so the schedule for tonight may be a little out of order because our friend uh, Ryan Payton on XM did what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Tuesday, we have Buffalo at the Bruins at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, Calgary at Toronto at 7.30. Then we go back to 7, because that's the way he did it. Rangers <laughs> yeah, yeah. at New Jersey. And then another 7 o'clock game is New uh, wait a minute. The uh, uh, yeah, Rangers at New Jersey. No, I'm sorry. New Jersey is at the Rangers. I, I also no, that, no, that's in, no, that's in Jersey. That's in it's Jersey. In, okay, yeah. then, okay. I have to flip these around from the way he does them. He does them backwards, and I have to okay. flip them around. And I thought I made a mistake, and I didn't. Philadelphia is at Washington. Then at eight o'clock, we have Tampa Bay at Nashville. Eight thirty, Florida at Dallas. And uh, I guess that's it. So it's an early white night for your NHL scores, uh, Robert. Yes. So now we have, uh, let's see if I can find my place. We will start on the trades, and uh, you'll have to obviously help uh, me with this, uh, Robert. Uh, trust um, me, I'll do my best. It was very difficult to keep up with at times. Okay. Uh, so we had Kyle Palmieri and uh, Travis uh, Zajac went from uh, New Jersey to the Islanders. That's correct. And uh, for some minor league players and a couple of draft choices. That's correct. Then we have Brett Connolly, a defenseman from Florida to the Blackhawks. Yep. And then and they were okay. Then uh, Riley uh, Nash from Columbus to Toronto. Yes. And and then he's going to have to do a seven day uh, uh, isolation in uh, going to from uh, America and so, to Canada. And so will Nick uh, Fol- Nick uh, Nick Folino from Columbus. He also went to Toronto, and he'll have to do the same thing. Okay. So. Then we have. Um, let's see. Okay, then getting to this NHL story about the season, and it won't end until uh, April 16th. Uh, May 16th. Uh, May 16th, I'm sorry. And uh, for the Canadian division and the other divisions, if necessary. But the other divisions might start the playoffs on May, uh, May 11th if they can. So, yeah. And I think the theory is, it, again, as I mentioned at one point, you'd have to uh, go to Canada and quarantine if, you're gonna, if the Canadian teams, I don't think, are going to be leaving. So I think that at some point that's all going to kind of come out in the wash. Yeah. Like they said, right now the way it looks, the last uh, playoff game would be July. It was, did he say July 9th? July 9th? I think it was the 9th. Yes, I think so. And I believe that's around the All-Star break in baseball, if I'm not mistaken. That's, right. uh, that's the weekend before. The week of the ninth will be a 
not to be a Friday or Saturday. Okay. So. All right. Not to be a Friday. Not to be a Friday. So it's Friday. But all this is fluid. I mean, hey, you could have another outbreak and delay everything again. Yeah. So there's 54 NHL games postponed. I wonder how they've done compared to the NBA. I think they've done a little bit worse. Uh, yeah, out. no, the NHL has had a lot more games postponed than the NBA has. The NBA's probably, I'm going to guess they've had about 30 in the NBA, but uh. I'm just saying, I don't know. And uh, and there have been eight Vancouver games so far. So far, postponed. and they could be they could be more added, so. Yeah, and they, they haven't played since March 24th. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, Mike Riley went from Ottawa to the Bruins, and he's a defenseman. And uh, as I said when I reported that, Chris, I don't know anything about him, so. <laughs> yeah, well. I, you know, Mike Riley, he's got to be good. You know, he's an Irish guy. They'll, they'll love him, especially if he fights. The only Mike Riley I remember, Chris, is an Iowa Hall of Fame football player. There you go. There you go. Okay. Then we had Taylor Hall from Buffalo to the Bruins. And apparently, uh, and I read about him, uh, he really hasn't done much this year. No. Uh, no. Um, two goals. Matter of fact, he has not done anything really since 2018 when he won the MVP award. Okay. Uh, when he played with the Devils. Okay. Uh, and this guy has bounced around from team to team to team, and I don't know whether it's him having a work ethic issues or attitude problem or, yeah. or what, because he's a very talented player. If somebody could figure out how to get everything out of him, the Bruins got a steal, in my opinion. Well, he's yeah. saying all the right stuff. He's always wanted to play in Boston, and he loves the yeah. fans and all yeah, that. Yeah, never definitely. He, that's true, because he, I guess he... He had a no-move clause in his contract, and I yeah. guess he, he mixed a few trades that would have gotten Buffalo a lot more because he wanted to come to Boston. Okay. Yeah, and apparently he almost signed with the, with the Bruins uh, before he went to Buffalo, but yeah. apparently Buffalo met his price and Boston did not. Yeah, and he's a free agent at the end of the year, so it's yeah. a rental player, so we'll see how, you know, if it doesn't and work. He's, it doesn't and work. he's already told the Bruins this is where he wanted to be. He'd like an extension and, you know. Yeah, well, if he's willing to take a if he does, A, take does well and he might yeah. get a hometown discount and, you know, they'll work it out and we'll see. Yeah. I mean, he's and a former they, MVP when he played for New Jersey. So. Yeah, yeah, no, he, this guy is a very talented player, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think teams have ever been able to get enough out of him. No, I he's a coach killer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's hurt a lot of coaches. So yeah. Bruce Cassidy, watch out. <laughs> and uh, Curtis Laser, I guess is the way it's pronounced. Cur- Curtis Laser. Yeah. Curtis Laser. Okay. And he's coming in. He was traded uh, uh Anders uh, Bjork Bjork went to Buffalo in a second and twenty one and uh I guess that's it. Oh yeah, Buffalo's also paying a lot of Taylor Hall salaries. Yeah, they oh. are. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Toronto got David Riddick, a goalie from Columbus, uh, from, Al- from Calgary. Uh, Calgary. I'm sorry. Yeah. For a, a third in 22, and then Jeff Carter went to Pittsburgh for a conditional three in 22 and a conditional fourth in 23. That's correct. And then, and then let's see. Uh, he played in Philadelphia from 05 to 11, and then 39 games in Columbus, 11 and 12, and then he's been with the Kings since and won two Stanley Cups there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and then uh, what's the, I had one last one that I stuck on my standings here. Uh, Mantha. What's, what's his name, uh, uh, Robert? Anthony Mantha. What's he went name? from, he went from Detroit to Washington right. and uh, Verona was one of the names of the players. And I can't pronounce his first name. And okay. uh, Richard Ponick was another player that went to the Red Wings. And they also gave up some draft choices. Um, the Sharks traded their backup goaltender Devin Dubnik to Colorado, and they got some uh, 
they got a, a defenseman, Greg Patteron, in return and some draft choices. Mm-hmm. And they were also involved in some minor deals to help out teams salary cap wise because apparently the Sharks have a lot of cap space. So they've been they've been brokering a lot of trades and been getting a lot of rewards for it. So, we'll so see what are what people happens. on the NHL radio? Since I don't really hear any analysis of this, well, who do they think really helped themselves in the you know run to the cup here? Well, um, they're saying that uh, Boston is the uh, overall. Toronto did the best because of all the people they picked up, and they Boston did second, um, and Washington did the third best. Okay. So, so we'll see how that all shakes out. Yeah. Okay, so for college sports, we have a few things here. Arizona fired uh, Sean Miller. This was something that was supposed to happen like any minute two years ago. Uh, this was back when the FBI probe was just getting started, and it didn't happen. And uh, I don't know how he survived the other couple of years he did, but he finally was fired. So, so it was not a good month or so to be in the Miller family. No. No. So so this is um, – there's apparently something more concrete coming down the pike with these cases now? Apparently. Well, that's what, that's what you hear. Okay. But NCA still is not acting on it, but they, and they have all that FBI, but uh, on the FBI end of it, you're hearing more stuff. Well, in Arizona, and now wait a minute, Sean. Arizona is under NCA investigation. Yeah, they are under NCA. Yeah. They are. That's right. NCA, they are under it, and they're already talking if they'll give up some conference championships or some scholarships, trying to get out in front of it. So uh, now, Perry, have you heard any rumors about who might wind up in Arizona? I have not heard any rumors. No. Um, I, a lot of people because, have kind of been hesitant to take it. Because uh, a lot of the Warrior reporters asked Steve Kerr, since he graduated from Arizona, hey, are you interested in going coaching there? And he said, no, Golden State is just fine for me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I, think, that, I think that's what a lot of people are telling them. A lot of people probably want to know what they're going to be dealing with, Yeah. you know, as far as all these penalties. Right. Yeah. By the way, the A's are now up seven to five. Okay. So Texas Tech it. hired assist, okay. their assistant coach. Oh, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, Bill, go ahead. Wait till go Chris ahead, finishes, and then I have some breaking news. Okay. But I okay. do have breaking so, news after you, Chris. Okay. So uh, well, we'll just do this one now, and then you can interrupt because we got a lot of a fair amount of college still. Okay. Texas yeah. Tech hired assistant their assistant coach Mark Adams for replacing uh, Chris Beard as their coach, and we'll do the Oklahoma women's coach hired uh, Jenny. Uh, What's your name? Baranchek. Baranchek. And away from Drake. Okay, so that's a good – so what you got for breaking news there, Well, maybe this is not surprising, but Senators Cruz, Hawley, and Lee have introduced legislation to remove MLB's uh, antitrust. Oh, here we go. You know what? We see this, and we've seen it. Both parties have done this. We've seen it from time to time. I think it's a, to be fair, it's a non-story. Yeah. 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 That, that seen, never works. We have seen both sides do it from time to time. Yeah, right. when they yeah. don't like something MLB does. Right. And well, it's now MLB here. has that exemption and the other sports don't or whatever. That's, I don't even know. That is, but, yeah. That's it's correct. MLB the has the game. exemption and other sports don't. Go ahead, Bill. It's over yeah. the all-star game. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm right. Okay, so we've got some stuff on the UMass uh, victory. They beat uh, St. Cloud State to win the Frozen Four, five to nothing. It was the second shutout of the tournament for uh, Philip uh, 
uh, Lindgren, who's their goalie, and he had been in uh, COVID protocols before on Thursday night when they won three to two in overtime. So that was pretty cool. The other goalie hadn't played since January 18th, and he came Murray. And he came in and did a good job. And yeah, then, Matt uh, Murray, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, St. Cloud State had beaten BU and BC, so they were going for the Massachusetts uh, Triple Crown, and they didn't quite <laughs> make it. Uh, and the first Big East uh, hockey team to win it since Providence in uh, 2015. And uh, then the NCHA had won the last ones, including the last two from uh, Minnesota Duluth. Uh, and Greg Carbo is the UMass coach, and he came in, in uh, 2000, you know, like five years ago, and it was a really bad team. I think they only won nine games. And the uh, I don't know who the color man was on the radio, uh, but he was on the national radio. But he was saying that he went to Carville and he was a scout for Montreal at the time. He said, "What are we, what, what am I looking for on this team? Who's pretty?" He says, "Well, the best thing we got is our hockey sticks. Really, we don't have very many good players. So they they really had to start from the from the bottom. And of course, they'd never been a hockey East contender. The BC, BU, Providence, you know, Maine and New Hampshire back in the day, they were the hockey East teams that you had to watch out for. UMass was like. Oh, good, we get to play UMass. So they've really done a lot in the last five years. I uh, just wanted to mention what they are. They have the coolest alumni slogan that you hear on their games. You were, you are, UMass. I think that's really cool. Yeah. And then the third, uh, that's uh, their third championship in any sports. The women's lacrosse team won it in 85. And uh, Perry will remember the, they won the 1AA football in 1998 with Mark Whipple. That's and correct. Then, yeah. And then um, they lost last year in the championship game to Minnesota Duluth. And the last, uh, you know, three to nothing. And then um, they were quarantined since August, which I guess is typical of most college teams had to quarantine since August to really get a season off the ground. And they couldn't see their families. They started to in their regional in Bridgeport, but that was the first time uh, that they were able to even see them at all. Uh, Let's see. And what else do I have until, okay. Then there was a little history that David uh, came up with. Uh, They, uh, let's see, they, they, the UMass hockey team started in, in 1908, and they were out of uh, – they weren't there from 39 through 47. And I saw in the Globe they used to play outside for all these years until 79. Uh, then gone again, 51-52 season, then gone from 79 until 93. And that's when they built their indoor arena. So I can see why it would wreak havoc with uh, playing hockey out on their pond. That was kind of crazy. And then uh, let's see. And then they, he, David found, like he did for basketball, uh, the NCAA hockey championships. Uh, the tournament started in 48. Michigan won it in 48. And the last title they won was 98. So Michigan has won nine of them. Denver, eight. Notre, uh, North Dakota, eight. Wisconsin, six. BC and BU and Minnesota have all won five. And then uh, Lake Superior State and Michigan State and Michigan Tech have won three. And then uh, let's see. Uh, Minnesota Duluth with three, and then with two, Colorado College, Cornell, and Maine, and uh, RPI. So that's sort of your history on the hockey. Uh, next year, the Frozen Four will be here, 23 in Boston, uh, with fans and everything, I hope. 24 for Tampa Bay, and then St. Paul, uh, let's see, Tampa in 23, I'm sorry, St. Paul in 24, St. Louis in 25, and Vegas in 26. So they've got that all set up. So. That's it for any for any other. Uh, one other, Chris, uh, Chris, one other thing. One other thing, Chris. Yep. I know mm-hmm. Bill had talked about the MLB thing. Um, we had something in the Senate yesterday that there was actually no objecting to, and it was unanimous. Uh, 
Senators Cruz and Cornyn put a motion on the floor recognizing the Baylor basketball team for winning there the NCAA go. tournament, and nobody object. Isn't that cool when you can have something, in, no matter which party it is, isn't that cool when you can have something that nobody objected to? Nobody objected to that one, but no, yeah. <laughs> nobody objected to that. But well, I mean, somebody, somebody's always got a reason to object yeah. to something for something. I have a couple of Go ahead, one other John. quick story. One other quick story. Uh, this is kind of a funny story in college <laughs> sports. And oh, I yeah, heard about fair. this. And yeah, <laughs> USC. They caught a homeless guy who had been living there in the Coliseum and in their practice. You know, and they caught him. He had been living there for several months. The players all knew who he was, and they arrested him. Of course, the way they caught him because he was fielding punts. That's how they busted him. So he had been living there in in, in there in fielding punches. He had been there for almost a year, and they know who he was, and they, yeah. So. He was just this little guy, right? Like five, he wasn't the yeah, football player size guy, guy at all. Guy. He was like normal sized guy, and the players all just knew uh, certain coaches, but I guess some management people, some athletic director people uh, saw it, but, you know, a lot of people, they just overlooked it, like, oh, he's there, who is he? Is it, you know, he went over, over it, but he was just living there in the, in the stadium, living there. <laughs> so, okay. So. Okay, I got a couple of quick, um, I, there was one I meant, I meant to mention a few shows ago, and I forgot, so it happened a couple of weeks ago. Have you heard about um, Al Leiter's son, Jack Leiter? No. Pitching, pitching for Memphis. And in his fifth start of the season, is it, Me- he, is it Memphis Rick? Or is it, not Memphis, I think it's um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. I think it's Vanderbilt. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, in his fifth start of the season, his first five, first four starts, he went five innings and he pitched well. His fifth start of his season, he uh, walked the first batter and then retired the next 27 for no hitter. And then his next start out, he threw seven more no hit innings, but he had 101 pitches and the coach took him out. He didn't want him throwing anymore. Uh, so they're, they're saying he could be right up at the top of the MLB draft. He could. Yeah. He could. Yeah. And the thing about that is he's those no hitter, the, you know, the two, the one no hitter. And then the other one, those were sec conference games. That is, yeah, that is hard. almost impossible to do in the SEC because those are really yep. good teams. Yeah, I know the yeah. first one, went, the, the real no-hitter was against South Carolina. I'm not sure of the other one. but yeah. And, yeah. and then the other one, now, I never thought I'd be talking on a sports show about women's college softball. No. But, in, <laughs> but down in your neck of the woods, Sean, um, last week uh, a woman by the name of Hope Troutwine pitching for North Texas oh. Uh, oh, against, yeah. against Arkansas uh, Pine Bluffs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, seven inning game, faced twenty one batters, struck out twenty one batters. Yeah, that's a good. Related to uh, what, what was his name? The, the we king had in, the king in his court. No, she, <laughs> but no, she's all. Oh. she that's online with the Cat Osterman stuff. That which Cat Osterman was like the person in college softball. And by the way, softball games in college are all seven inning games. Yeah. For those that do not know, they right. you know because Texas won a few championships and. While you're on the whole college baseball and softball thing, Ivan Melendez with uh, University of Texas has hit home runs in six consecutive games now. The NCAA record is eight. So if he uh, if he hits tonight and tomorrow night against Nevada, he will tie the record. And then you know they have a series this weekend, Texas Tech. You you would break it. And by the way, they do say Nevada. We were corrected. I heard uh, Craig Wade. Oh, I know. I, I don't. Think they do. They, yeah. They stay in Nevada. It's not Nevada. They say Gonzaga they and Nevada, Nevada and, you know, all those terrible <laughs> they, things. No, they hate, they, they hate when people say Nevada because they're well, Nevada. Well, I don't like Massachusetts or whatever they say because <laughs> you can't pronounce Massachusetts. Yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, then, but then we have we have a 
town in Iowa that is mm. spelled the same way as Nevada, but it's pronounced Nevada. Oh, Nevada. Yeah. Oh, there's oh. a third country heard from. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, we have one, but yeah, we have so, a few. That so, like um, that. I, that's not, uh, there's no relation to our pitcher. We had Trout Wine. What was his name? You remember the yeah. pitcher that we had? Yeah, I, remember, yeah, I don't remember his who was the nicest guy? We met him. Uh, we had yeah. we went to a ball game, and a friend of ours uh, used to be able to set up these things, and we got to meet him. He was a Rule Five player, but he was pretty good. It was like in '88, we met him and Nick Asaski that night. And I remember that. And they were yeah. both hey, nice Diamondback seven five final. Okay, yeah. so off to the NFL, and we have a sad story. And uh, first, and we have Philip Adams. He killed six people in South Carolina. He killed a family of a, a doctor who was prescribing something that he wanted to keep getting, as I understood it, and some kind of medication that he thought was very important to him. His doc, uh, the doctor, the wife, and I think a couple of grandchildren and two air conditioning repair people who happened to be there. So six people died. Uh, you know, so, the, again, he wouldn't re- renew her prescription. And uh, let's see. So and he, of course, killed part- himself, too. Yeah. Yes, he then killed himself after. He left the house where he killed the family and <laughs> came home and killed himself. The police were trying to talk him out of there and uh, he would not come out and he killed himself. Father said it could, could have been because of concussion syndrome. And, uh, it was in Rock Hill, South Carolina. And, uh, apparently he was ineligible to be, uh, monitored after because he retired after what was it? 2014, I think. So they were not monitoring him or he was not involved in the lawsuit about the concussions, but he was a defensive back. He was drafted by San Francisco. He played for them in 2010. Uh, he played six games for them in 2010. He played for the Patriots uh, in uh, 2011. And then uh, Seattle uh, in, uh, also in 11. I think Patriots only one game. Uh, Seattle also. Then in Oakland in 12 and 13. And he had apparently two concussions in three games at, at, with Oakland. And, of course, nowadays he probably wouldn't have been able to play uh, if he'd had a concussion. You know, that that no. quickly yeah. would have been a week or two that he'd be out. And then the Jets in 14 and Atlanta in 15. He uh, started 11 of 78 games, five interceptions, two recovered fumbles. So that was his uh, – and, uh, you know, that was his uh, record in football. And I didn't really remember him very well. Robert didn't as a Raiders fan either. Yeah, uh, no, I didn't. I'm like, who? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so we did have a re- retirement of one of Tom Brady's favorite receivers today. Julian Edelman retired. Um, he had been uh, unable to, physically unable to perform on a physical when he came back. And, uh, you know, so he, he retired. He, he announced his retirement. He, um, I, I would say the top four, I was trying to think about this. The top four receivers in uh, some order would be Gronk, Moss, Edelman, and Wes Welker. Those were uh, Brady's favorite receivers, I'd say. And uh, so he uh, retired. He, he played with the Patriots from '09 into 2020. Uh, he was Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he won three Super Bowls, 49, 51, and 53. And he was the MVP in the 53, the one that was the one against the Rams. And then he was... Uh, Let's see. He, uh, he was born on, he would have been 35 uh, this year. He was born May 21st of 86. He had uh, 620 receptions, 6,822 yards, 36 touchdowns in the regular season, uh, 85, uh, uh, let's see, receptions, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, 137 reception in the playoffs and 1,442 uh, yards. That's pretty good in the playoffs. Five <laughs> touchdowns and one running touchdown in the playoffs. 
and he uh, threw a touchdown in the playoffs, and I think he threw one in in regular season, and I think he was six for six in in passing in the regular season. So, yeah, and, and it was interesting. Great, Chris, a great guy, you know. The, the and of course he we had the story about him the other day with uh, the anti-Semitic remark by the NBA player and how he offered to you know hang out with the guy and you know sort of build a bridge there, and uh, that was a really good. He's thing. done that with other players too. He's done that with yeah. others on stuff. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. And it, yeah. and it was interesting, Chris, how that story broke yesterday because remember. First of all, it came out that the Patriots were releasing him. Yeah. And then a little bit later, of course, it came out that he was retiring. So I wonder if the releasing had to be done in order, you know, one to do one for the other. Yeah. I don't salary know. cap, salary cap room and other stuff. Maybe. I think the yeah, releasing had to be done. And I'm sure they ball. worked it out. I don't think Bill would just, uh, you know, as, as weird as Bill is, I don't think this is one of his guys. So yeah. I don't think it was yeah. anything that shouldn't have been done that, you know, and there, there was no hard feelings. We heard the little, uh, Thing that David USF sent out, uh, you know, where he did a little press conference there. Not a press conference, just a, uh, what do you, what would you call it? Just a, video. a tweet or something. A yeah, video. Video. A video. That's what he, what he did. Yeah. And, uh, and he has no, the I second most it's... receptions of anybody in the playoffs, only behind Jerry Rice. Of course, he played yeah, a lot correct. of playoff games. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And we can, Chris, we could wrap our scores. The Mets did beat the Phillies just now, uh, four to three in eight innings. Okay. All right. So um, let's see what what else. Uh, so I think I was, we had a few other NFL notes, right, uh, Rick and others. I got a, I got a, just a few free agent signings. Um, Gio Bernard with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um, the Kansas City backup tight end uh, Jeremy Sprinkle signed with Dallas. Uh, Arizona signed James Conner, and I think that's official. At one time I was hearing that that was pending a physical, because I guess he hurt his foot in a, what they're calling an accident in a recreation vehicle since the season ended. No, I, well, I heard that that was official, so okay. he must have passed. Okay. Uh, Arizona also signed Malcolm Butler. Oh. Uh, um, Philadelphia signed the running back Jordan Howard, who was there a couple years ago, went to Miami, now we went back to Philadelphia. Right. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco, uh, my my good buddy that the Eagles put in against the Redskins, uh, the Washington football team, the last night of the season, <laughs> Nate Sudfeld did oh. such a great job that the they moved him on. He signed in San Francisco. And the uh, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders uh, uh, signed Carl Joseph back. He played with the Browns last year, and now he's back in Las Vegas. I didn't think he was good when he was there before, but they got him back. So, I and the New York Giants think. have set an NFL record. How would they do? Okay, <laughs> they now have more coaches on their staff than any NFL team has ever had. <laughs> and this is, and this doesn't even include the strength and conditioning coaches. They now have besides Joe Judge, they have twenty five coaches. Now, okay. uh, isn't there a limit on your coaching staff? I or, I, obviously not. No, yeah. pretty soon every player is going to have his own coach. I think. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. Not in the NFL this time. In college, yeah. only ten actual coaches that can travel and you know and all that. So, but not in the NFL, there's no limit. Okay, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so and I guess then, we. Any more NFL? Well, just that well, thing with the uh, the players' association is telling their players they don't want them going to. Um, yeah. The yeah. the voluntary camps and and the uh, yeah the players want to make that all virtual. Yeah. Uh, the Denver yeah. Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks have both yeah. spoken and said 
They don't want, they're saying, oh, with coronavirus spiking and being higher than it was last year at this time, which is not yeah. true that it's higher than yeah. last year. And But they're also saying, and we did, you know, and these are quote-unquote voluntary workouts, but you yeah. all know voluntary. And did you not say, they, Sean, they want to continue this now permanently? Yes, they want yes. this permanently. They would say all we need is a virtual. And the best is because Denver, they were the ones that, that came out first and spoke out on this. And like a host here said, Yo, let me see, you were 5-11. and 11. Those virtual work stuff's really helped you. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they went quite a ways in the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they sure did. Though. No, the, the, that, that thing about being worse than it was last year, they can say, last year there were, at this time, there were only 3 million cases, and now there's 35 million <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. You know, you can make you can make anything into anything yeah, statistics. Yeah, I mean, that's foolishness. Yeah, Everybody yeah. knows that the vaccines are, are moving forward, and you know that that's ridiculous. Deaths so, are dropping, and you know whatever. So no, that's foolishness. Okay, so the NBA. Just trying to get out of work. Right yeah, they are. Okay, the East. We have Philadelphia at thirty-seven and seventeen, uh, Brooklyn at thirty-six and seventeen. Milwaukee at 33 and 20. Milwaukee is the one team here that's just locked into whatever, and they've been losing some games lately because they know they're going to finish third no matter what happens. So it's really pretty much they can rest people, and I'm sure that's what they're doing because uh, they're going to be third. Uh, Atlanta, 29 and 25. And I will say the teams that are fighting for fourth place, and now we were going to include Atlanta, uh, Indiana in that because they kind of gotten themselves back into the – they've been playing pretty well lately. If you look at these teams, they're yeah. winning some games. You know, like as I said, the Celtics beat Denver. The uh, Knicks beat the Lakers. Of course, the Lakers are banged up, but the Knicks beat the Lakers. The Charlotte beat the Bucks. So, you know, you're seeing them beating some of the upper echelon teams and, and proving their records. So it's really becoming kind of kind of interesting. Every night, they're, it's not like they're losing to get in. They're, they're winning to get in. So Atlanta's at 33-20. Then we start with the fourth-place battle and so forth, the play-in games. Atlanta, 29-25. and 25, Miami, 28-25. and 25, Charlotte, 27-25. and 25. They're all even in the loss column, as they say in baseball. The Celtics in seventh place at 28-26. The Knicks, 28 and 27. Indiana, 25 and 27. So they've worked their way back into it. Then we drop off to Chicago at 22 and 31. So right now the playoff, uh, the play-in games would be the Celtics would be hosting the Knicks and Indiana would be hosting Chicago. But Chicago's got to watch it because they're 22 and 31, but then Toronto is 21 and 33. So they don't have that uh, tied up at all. Washington, 20 and 33. They've kind of got visions of sneaking into 10th place. Cleveland at 19 and 34. Maybe not so much, but a little bit, I'm sure. Orlando, 17, 37. Detroit, 16 and 38. In the West, Utah still on top with 40 and 14. Phoenix, 38 and 15. The Clippers are 37 and 18. Denver, 34 and 20. And now Denver has lost, um, uh, what's his name? Jamal, uh, Jamal Murray, Murray. And he's Jamal gone for the rest of the year. Torn ACL, yes. Mm-hmm. And he's one of their big players, so yeah. that's not good for them. And uh, ESPN, they were commenting on uh, they, uh, one of those mini flashes at the top of the hour. One of their NBA folks says they can't win it without him. So, no. you know, and, and make it that probably won't win the first round. And I would the team agree with that. Play in the first round would be the Lakers, who might be healthy by then, at 33 and 21, who are fifth. Portland, 31 and 22. Uh, they're sixth. So those are the seeded teams. Then we get to playoff land in the West. Uh, Dallas at 29 and 24. Memphis, 27 and 25. San Antonio, 26 and 26. And Golden State, 26 and 28. So right now, if, for the play in games, we'd have Dallas 
hosting Memphis. And then we'd have a confrontation between uh, Sean and Robert with San Antonio hosting Golden State. Yeah. 26 and 28 is the Warriors, but they've got to watch out, too, because yep. New Orleans is 25 and 29. Yep. And Sacramento, Sacramento's kind of out, out there. They're 22 and 32. Oklahoma City is 20 and 33. Houston fourteen and forty, and Minnesota fourteen and forty. So, and I think uh, we probably would be able to say, I'm sure that the Nets beat uh, the Timberwolves today. Yeah, did they, did they I'm not? sure they did. And real quickly on this playoff thing, kind of an interesting story came out today on that. Luka Doncic commented on these playing things. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. He said he's against. He goes, we play. We're playing seventy two games. Why are we doing these? Play in games. It's like, yeah, because you're in one and you could lose, and you could lose two games very easily to Memphis or San Antonio or Golden State. And you're, yeah. so yeah, you're against it. But yeah. you know, he, I like the concept. It's kind I of like the one game wild card thing. I like that. Hey, you, all you got to do is win your one game if you're seven or eight, and you're in. Yep. About, well, that's the hot. And then that's the right. Others, yeah, and know, that's how the Knicks game. If, if they play, and we saw a game uh, Wednesday night. It was a good game. I mean, they they played a really they're they're very evenly matched team. So that that would be something and you know you'd get all the attraction of, of boston new york and the whole thing you know i mean it's only for a couple yeah. of days but still it's it's just you know, if that's the way it falls and we don't know but if that's the way it were to fall that'd be pretty cool you know yep. that, that and you know the knicks and celtics are two of the original teams i'm going to talk about original teams in a minute because we're going to talk about steph curry and we need to point out what he did but but um, by the way the original... chris before you do that the uh, nets yeah. did win uh, i believe it was 127 to 97 Okay, uh, yeah. so what what is it that um, Warner Wolf said? So if you had the, the Timberwolves with <laughs> 29 points, you lose. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so, um, yeah, but, the, the you know, those are going to be kind of fun. That's going to be a fun week, I think. You know, a little flavor of the NCAA with the single elimination kind of thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our schedule tonight uh, at 730, we have the Clippers are in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. ESPN, okay. Atlanta at Toronto. Oh, no, TNT, 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 not ESPN. That's right. Tuesday for TNT. Atlanta at Toronto. TNT for Tuesday. 8 o'clock, we have the Lakers at Charlotte. Uh, 9, Utah at Oklahoma City. And that's a good uh, matchup for Charlotte because, as you saw, the Lakers had to play the other uh, last night in New York. 9 would be Utah at Oklahoma City. 10 is the Celtics at Portland, also on TNT. And Miami at Phoenix. So, uh, Robert, why don't you talk about Stefan Curry and what he was doing this week? Uh, well, uh, Stefan Curry made Warriors history last night. He uh, surpassed Wilt Chamberlain on the all-time Warriors scoring list. He now That's has on-court seven... scoring, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I'm talking about on-court. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, uh, his point total is now 17,818. <laughs> Uh, for the Warriors, and, uh, and so he passed Will Chamberlain last night. He needed he needed 19 points to uh, pass him. He ended up getting 53 last night. So, um, and uh, with see that's the thing if you, if you're San Antonio and you end up playing the Warriors because uh, they they uh, they played three times this year and the Warriors beat them twice. If uh, if Curry gets on a roll, there's not very many teams that can stop him. So. And so I wanted good. to talk about something that we don't think about very much. About okay. This is a very meaningful record because it's an, an original NBA team. We right. have only eight original NBA teams. You know, it's one thing to be the top scorer of the Utah Jazz, and, hey, they've been around 40 years or whatever, and that's great, you know, or, or whatever. 
But these original, these are the original teams. Celtics and Knicks, who have never moved, they're still in Boston, New York. Everybody right. else has at least moved. Philadelphia was the Warriors. They're now out in you know the Bay Area, of course. San Francisco, yeah. 76ers were the Syracuse Nationals. They're an original team. Uh, the Hawks were, have always been around one place or another, Tri-Cities and Milwaukee and uh, St. Louis and Atlanta. So they're, they're an original team. Detroit Pistons, they were the uh, Zollner Pistons when they went to Detroit at one time or whatever. But they were in... Uh, uh, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne, Wayne huh? yeah. Fort yeah. Wayne Zollner Pistons, yeah. and they went to Detroit. Then we have the Lakers in Minneapolis and Los Angeles. And then uh, the Kings of all teams, who were the uh, Rochester Royals, the Cincinnati Royals, Kansas City Omaha Kings and all that, Kansas City yeah. Kings. And then went to Sacramento. So when you set a record for those eight teams, that's a big deal. Now, we always talk about the original 16 in baseball. We talk about we know the old NFL teams. We know the original eight AFL teams started in 60, and the old NFL teams go back to the 20s and 30s and all that other stuff. Right. And, you know, we know that the records are more significant. You know, if you set a record for, you know, again, a team like the Red Sox, it's more significant than you set it for the you know the Washington Nationals or something. Because, you know, that's looking back over a lot of different players and longer period of time. So those are your eight original teams. The next team, there was a long time, no new teams came that stuck. The first team, your ninth team, is the Wizards. They were the Chicago Zephyrs, then the Baltimore Bullets, and then the Wizards. And that didn't come till 61, 62, that team started. So there's a big gap between uh, those The Warriors teams. have been the Warriors uh, for 75 years. So. Correct. All those teams are that old, you know, Syracuse, you know, Syracuse Celtics, Knicks, Warriors. That was the East. You had uh, Rochester Royals was in the West because it was all towards the East. You know, Minneapolis Lakers were in the West, Detroit Pistons and the Hawks and, being in Tri-Cities. And, and they were and they were teams that were in those the two leagues that merged in the, going into the right. 49-50 season. Now. Right, the ABA, ABL and the NBA or NBL. Basketball uh, of America or whatever Yeah, BAA, that's right, yep, and the NBL. BAA. <laughs> and in the NBL, there was a dispersion draft, and the Celtics got Bob Cousy, I think. You know, I think the Chicago team was folding, and they were able to get him. So, yeah, so it's it's real. When those eight teams do something, when you even the Kings, you say, oh, well, the Kings are never any good. Nobody cares about them. You know, that you're dealing with a team with Oscar Robertson and Jerry Lucas and people like that that have been there. Uh, Johnny yeah. Archibald, you know, there's a, it's a long history on that team. So anyway, so and the, I think the last NBA story is we have A-Rod. We were talking about A-Rod, and he is now working with this guy, Mark Loria, to buy the Tim- Minnesota Timberwolves. That's just Mark Roar. I mispronounced. I found out that oh, okay. it was Mark Roar again. I okay. Oh, uh, Roar, okay. And he's the trying to buy the, did, did, probably did, did the most inept. Never that up. One of the most inept yeah. franchises in sports is still worth $1.5 billion. <laughs> so there you go. So if you want to buy one of those, uh, you know, that's fine. And. You know, Robert brought up the point that maybe he shouldn't be allowed to do that because he did the PEDs, but that really has nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, I know, you know? I know. If baseball were, if he was going to try to buy a baseball team, I think that'd be a problem. Well, you know? he, he did. He tried to buy the he, Mets. He, he <laughs> tried to buy the Mets. That's right, too. With him and yeah. Jennifer Lopez, right? Yeah. yeah. And you notice yeah. you're hearing nothing about her in this deal. No. Well, no. Uh, I don't think they're together anymore. Mm. No, they are still together. They're still together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sean saw them on the street last week. No. <laughs> okay, they are still, I don't know. I don't know if they are or not. That. I've I've heard yeah. both ways. Well, yeah. they talk, when they were talking about the story on Sunday morning, <clears throat> I finally got the name right and everything. After hearing a few times, they are still the two of them are still. There's well, okay. a lot of Conway Ro- Ro- Kardashian. There's a lot of millionaires. It must be, it must be Lockie, because otherwise, I would think he would want her to be in the deal. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that that's uh, what's happening. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Now, now Bill, not. we've taken the legend and we've gone to a gossip show now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, yeah. so I think that's that. Anybody else got any NBA? NBA? No, I think no. that's it. So I guess that's we can go to the greatest sports stories ever told, right? That's right. You mm-hmm. call in, uh, talk about some of your favorite sports stories that you've heard are legendary, you know, funny, funny, serious, good, bad, whatever. Go ahead, call in 646-876-9923 and then do 287-723-4600. Hit the town key twice. Well, when you talk about sports stories, yeah, the one thing you have to talk about is Bill Stern. Because Bill Stern, if, if, it wasn't, if it wasn't good enough, he made it better. He made it up. <laughs> and so he would do this show, and it was every 15 minutes. It was on from the 30s up into the early 50s, uh, sponsored by Colgate, Colgate Shaving Cream. You can hear them all on the old-time radio channels. And, you know, he even admitted at the beginning of the show it was kind of fast, but he'd say, you know, uh, some true, some strange, some this, some true. Yeah, right. So yeah. some of them were, some of them weren't. They'd dramatize them. They'd make them into big deals. So you kind of have to take things with a grain of salt. And you got people who misremember things or do things, uh, you know. Kurt Gowdy yeah. always told this story, which wasn't true. He would talk about the, the day, he thought, that he did the no, a no-hitter with uh, Bill Mamboquette in Chicago with the Red Sox and White Sox. And that night, he thought, he went and called the College All-Star game where the College All-Stars beat the Green Bay Packers, one of the last games the College All-Stars ever won. However, that didn't happen. He called the no-hitter on Wednesday night, and he did the, stayed in Chicago and called the College All-Star game on Friday night. So he either couldn't remember because he was having too good a time in Chicago, or, <laughs> or he uh, just you know wanted to make it better. So uh, because it was a Wednesday night no-hitter and a Friday night football game, so it didn't happen. But the one story I remember that I did hear, and it's a quick one, is uh, a whole bunch of uh, New York sports writers were sitting around. They were on the road with the Yankees. I don't know what city they were in. And Babe Ruth came running through the the hotel lobby with no clothes on, and they all turned to each other and said, you didn't see it. Uh, None of us saw that, did they? And then we all said, no, we didn't see that. Because in the old days, they would protect people like Babe Ruth and all the athletes. We never heard about the stuff that Billy Martin and Mickey Mantle and all those guys were doing, Whitey Ford. You know, they were all protected. I mean, it would sort of come out in a little innuendo here and there. But, you know, probably the next day Babe Ruth came out and hit three home runs for all we know. But uh, that was just kind of funny. You, you, you know, nowadays with all the competitive media and stuff, somebody would have printed it and that would have been the end of it. But uh, uh, Babe was running through the uh, through the lobby that way. That's what I heard one time. So, Rick, you got one? Yeah, um, a local one. And I'm not exactly sure of completely sure of the detail, but I think I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Orr back in the around the 1970 with the big bad Bruins. They are known for <laughs> being kind of a wild team. Yep. And I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Orr that was in Mass General Hospital for some kind of injury. And the Bruins had uh, come up with some kind of big win. I don't remember exactly what it was, but like I said, this team with like Esposito and Sanderson and McKenzie and Cashman, they were crazy. And they, they were celebrating after the win and getting pretty loaded. And they decided that Bobby Orr had to be with them. So they actually went into Mass General Hospital and kidnapped Bobby Orr and brought him back to the party. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah. Are you guys, hey, you guys aware in other cities about the business with the laundry, laundry thing that the Red Sox are doing? 
when they hit, and this reminds me of a story. We, we had a friend that we pushed down the street in a shopping cart one time. We all <laughs> we got drunk. But they have a thing where now, if you hit a home run, they throw you in a laundry uh, cart and wheel you around in the dugout and stuff for a while. No, I've They've, not heard of that. I've, I've never heard, heard of that. that. Well, if the Red Sox stay good, you're going to hear about it all year long. Cause <laughs> okay. That'll be the, 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 lawn, the you know, dirty laundry. You'll be hearing all kinds of, you know, there'll be tie-ins of all kinds of songs with this Red Sox. Are they, are they going to play Don Henley, uh, Chris? Yeah. yeah, that's what they'll do. Okay. Yeah, kick him when you're up, kick him when you're down. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Okay. Uh, Perry? Perry? I don't know if mine is, is so much of a story, but, well, I guess it would have to be anything you hear from Harry Carey was a story, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, the yeah. Guy, the guy had a wild, he had this wild, vid, vivid imagination. And um, he, it, like I said, I don't, it's not so much of a story, but just, he, he was funny. And I mean, you would turn on the game just to hear what on earth was going to come out of Harry's mouth today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, I mean, he had fun and he loved it and, you know. I'm sure there were a lot of stories that he would tell that you couldn't put on TV. But <laughs> Oh, speaking of him, I just thought of another story uh, about him and Bob Prince. They were in the Chase Hotel in St. Louis, and they were about uh, five floors up, and they were sitting around in, in Bob's room drinking because they were buds, and it was after a Cardinal uh, Pirate game, and, and Bob Prince says, I can dive into this swimming pool because he's right by the swimming pool. He says, I can dive into this swimming pool. And, uh, you know, Harry said, no, nah, you can't. He said, yes, I can. I'll be fine. I'm going to dive right into the swimming pool. And he did it, and he never told Harry that he'd been a diving champion in college. So. <laughs> I always think of Harry in the Cracker Jet, the Cracker oh, Jet I story. Oh, yeah. I do, too. You know what? Another one, and it, we. Th- this guy was kind of funny, too, because he did some games – when he was with traveling, you know, as a something with the Cubs, I don't know what he was, but Jimmy Pearsall, and he would come through here. The White Sox, he, 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 he was, uh, didn't he? Yeah, he was with the White Sox. He must have done Harry. something with the Cubs, Chris, because he would come through here. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And when he would be in town, at the time it was Dean Ellis who was doing our radio, and, and Jimmy would go up there and sit with Dean for, gosh, almost the whole game. And he would be, he would tell all sorts of stories. <laughs> Actually, didn't you say you had a Jimmy? Oh, I guess you told that last week about Jimmy Pearsall running behind the, the Bob, behind flagpole. the flagpole between yeah, pitches when it was raining. Yeah, you know there was a you know there was a party going on when Jimmy Pearsall and Harry Carey were oh, together. Oh no, kid! You know there was a party going. That's right. Bill, you know I don't know if mine are so much funny as pathetic. I'm thinking about the Colts broadcast, and I'm thinking about Bob Leamy. Oh, you, you never knew what he was going to say from freaking football to... It fumbled, uh, in the Super Bowl, they fumbled the freaking football. Oh, yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would drop an F-bomb every once in a while. or You just never knew what he was going to say. Or, we're in the George Jones dome today instead of the Edward Jones, you know, dome yeah. there in St. Louis. You never knew. And some other ones is when Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxall did baseball together. Oh, gosh. Joe could tell some stories. And I never forget the time somebody messed with Joe in the he was doing a pregame interview or something. And some player was messing with him. I'll get you, you cock. And then and they, and they were just going nuts. So those are some of mine. 
Now I don't know. I don't know. You probably, Bill, could get this in in Indiana at, at the time, but remember some of the rain delays with the Brewers and the Cardinals, and you had uh, Euchre, Buck, and Shannon telling stories. Oh yeah, <laughs> some of those were good. Oh man, oh, yeah. uh, Robert. Um, uh, well, uh, I can remember when the super stations were around, and. Uh, turning on uh, TBS and watching Atlanta Braves games. And if the game was a blowout, uh, it was fun listening to Skip Carey and those guys because, like, in the ninth inning or something, the bases would be loaded and Skip would actually say, well, the bases are loaded and so am I. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you're on TV and you're going to admit that you're low. You know, it's like... And he says, "Well, I hope they hurry up and do something so we can get to the movie because I, you know, I want to finish uh, what what I'm doing." Is what he meant. I'm like, "Okay, so uh, yeah." Your dog's not old enough to have seen those games, <laughs> you know, Robert. No, no. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, the game the game would end, and he'd be all excited about the game being over because he's like, "Okay, we'll see you tomorrow," you know, and he just. Yeah. They hurry up and broadcast. I was like, <laughs> uh, I that was Skip Carey. It's like the bases are loaded, and so am I. It's like okay, you know. So the apple didn't fall too far from the tree, as far as Harry was concerned. Oh, no. now, now, Chip, yep. now, Chip is Chip is a little more professional than than. Yeah, and I'm, not, I'm not saying Harry and Skip were not, but <laughs> yeah. Chip is more of a of an announcer and they were more comedians. <laughs> you don't hear the party in stories like you did with Skip and Harry. <laughs> 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 Go ahead, Sean. Well, of course, you know, you always hear, this, the way I came up with this was one of the stories, Raymond Floyd. Raymond Floyd, they were they played a clip of him. And, yeah, thank you there. Hey, you know, we've had dogs and head cats on here. But anyway, yeah, Raymond Floyd, they, they asked him about, the P, you know, PGH, uh, the, the difference from when he played to the modern era. And he, he said, man, these guys are too serious. Because he goes, back in our day, he goes, the year I won the Masters. He goes, I was in the lead. Saturday, we all got, we all went and got drunk. And he goes, I barely remember. He goes, I'm on the course, and I'm, I got a puke, and I'm just, but I'm winning the Masters. <laughs> he goes, we went and got, and, you know, of course, a lot of these also get, because, you know, have the luxury of hearing Craig Way on a regular basis, and not just stories that he's had, but stories that he's collected from other broadcasters. But, you know, you think of Vin Scully and the stories, the bird story, you know, the whole the bird flying in there. You say, I mean, just all the stories that Vin had. But I always get a kick out of when uh, Craigway talked about Emmett Smith was going to beat him up. He was covering Cowboys training camp when he worked in Dallas, and he did the Jimmy Johnson show. And he asked Emmett a, a question, just a simple question about a play that he did, and Emmett came at him and started, "Who the hell are you?" And, who are you? and he talked to Emmett later on, and he's like. I don't remember that, Craig, but he said, obviously, Emmett had been having a good time, and of course, you know, himself, and he took us the Pat Summerall stories back in the day, I mean, you know, you like you said, the Billy Martin and Mickey Mantle, and what is oh, yeah. kind Pat of a... Pat Summerall and Tom Berkshire, they hung out all the time. Yeah, Pat Summerall Tom Berkshire, yeah, but one that's kind of, it just happened recently, well, Brad Sham, of course, he's Jewish, and he had a conflict with 
or he was going to have a conflict. They had, Cowboys had a Monday night game. He had a few. He had one where it was a Sunday night game and Vern Lundquist filled in. And he yeah. had a couple with the Ra- when he left and did the Rangers because him and Barry Switzer got into it and him and Barry didn't like each other. And that's enough. Yeah, Craig said he could tell stories about that, but he said he's not going to tell them on the air. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, he, he talked about, and so, the but the one year, Cal, uh, Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year was Sunday night into Monday, you know, and it goes sundown to sundown. So the Cowboys had to play Monday night, and they were trying to get him there because he had to deliver the uh, – Whatever the speech is at the temple, you know the thing, and it was at the at the end Monday night, and so they helicoptered him into <laughs> into this Cowboys stadium to do. They helicoptered him from the from his synagogue to the stadium there, and he was able to do the game with like he got there with like twenty minutes to spare before pregame, and wow. so and like I said, he's he's got you know he's got a bunch of stories. I mean, those announcers. Have a lot of stories, like I said, that they've collected. Oh yeah, or that. Pierre, other, Pierre mean, if you want that, to start on muting, go ahead. You've had others, so yeah, they they have a lot of stories. So I don't know, Pierre. Yeah, go ahead. There, there he is. Go ahead, Pierre. Okay, uh, mine is uh, Dale Earnhardt. Whenever he used to race in NASCAR, oh, he'd always uh, wear these steel-toed boots, and when he would win a race, they would come at the. Uh, the announcer would come up to interviewing. Well, he would step on their foot with those steel-toed boots and put all his weight on it. And it was funny trying trying to see these guys trying to see these guys do their interview, and you didn't know what was wrong with them. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Pierre, I, I think we need to give the Cubs offense a steel-toed boot right now, don't we? Yes, definitely. Oh, or a boot to the head. Go ahead, Pierre. Y'all were talking about that Vanderbilt pitcher earlier. Yeah. Yep. Well, the the first two pitchers on the, uh, the the day one and day two pitchers on the Vanderbilt staff, one has a zero point two five ERA, and the other I, th- I think that's uh, I think the one with the Jack zero Ryder. is uh, Rocker. Oh. And then and and then the other one has a zero point seven five. Yep. That's, uh, is he that's related lighter. to John Rocker Perry? He is not. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Anything yeah. else, Pierre? That's it. Okay. okay. Well, All right. Anybody else? That is it. So, Chris, if you want to. So, well, we were first. Okay, so we want to set this up. So, Bill has some audio he's going to play because we did find out that. Uh, Bob Slick Leonard died today, and we will not have all the information, the statistics and all that. We'll get that for next week. That'll be part of our show. But I know Bill has some audio that he wants to play, and then we'll do the other two deaths uh, where we have the information. Well, I'll give you just a little bit of information. It was Bobby was born July 17, 1932, passed away on today's day, died in his sleep at the age of 88, April 13th. He mm-hmm. was born in Terre Haute, Indiana, went to Terre Haute Gersmar High School, went from the, well, won the state there, went on to the University of Indiana, won the championship in what, 53 or 54. Um, then went to the NBA um, and played for two or three teams. I think he played uh, for the Lakers. I think I remember yeah, playing the Lakers for the Minneapolis Lakers. And Chicago and um, Baltimore. 
he became a coach for the Zephyrs, maybe? 62. Yeah. Yep, that'd be the went for them for a few years to like 66, then got out of basketball, was a salesman for Herb Jones, who sold class rings. And he did that and was persuaded to join the ABA team in its second year, the Indiana Pacers. He never played for the Pacers, never. He had already retired because he had retired yeah. in 1962. Then coach from the Pacers. He actually took over, I remember this quite well, in game six of the second year. Um, the coach, Larry Staverman, was not doing a good job. Slick took over three ABA championships. They went to uh, the NBA in 76. Slick lasted to 1980, became a consultant and a scout for the Pacers for a few years. And then when Mark Boyle came, I guess it was about 85 or 86, Slick became his broadcast partner and he was with him until Sunday night he did well they got to where at the end the last year or two they would call Slick at halftime at the end of game to get his commentary and on Sunday night I thought this guy sounds out of it you know what I mean no reality but as you will hear in the two audio pieces he did the phrase boom baby but I I picked out two audio pieces for you and one is something that he's famous for Indiana went to the NBA and was taken in in 76 well they couldn't sell enough season tickets in 77 and they were just struggling and they thought they were going to have to fold and him and his wife Nancy pulled together a telethon in the summer of 1977 and pulled that off and sold over 8,000 season tickets, saved the franchise. But it comes to the story of 78 when the Pacers had the opportunity to draft Larry Bird. And because they had no money, they traded with Boston in money, of course. And they uh, of course, the, the rest is history, and Larry Bird was a Celtic throughout his career. But I'm going to play this audio for you from the uh, telethon with just a little bit of history about Slick and how he's impacted the state. As a matter of fact, when Indiana had a vacancy before Bobby Knight came there in 1971... They offered that job to Slick Leonard, who turned it down. Mm. So here we go. RTV6 is celebrating 70 years together on the air and working for you in central Indiana. And leading up to our big anniversary on May 30th, we are bringing you back to major moments in Indianapolis sports history. Like July of 1977 and a defining moment for the Pacers. 
The team had just finished up their first season in the NBA, but financial trouble was brewing. The ownership group realized they needed to sell about 2,200 season tickets to bring the total to 8,000, giving the team enough money to keep going. Facing a tough deadline, Nancy Leonard, assistant GM and wife of coach and GM Slick Leonard, had an idea to put together a telethon. She got it done in just 10 days. From 10 p.m. on July 3rd to 2.30 p.m. on July 4th, the telethon took place in the 500 ballroom of the Indy Convention Center. Players, trainers, and volunteers all answered phones. Mayor Hutnut was in the crowd. RTB6 aired part of the telethon live. Donations went toward tickets that were purchased and given to charities. Ten minutes before the deadline, they surpassed their goal, saving the franchise and keeping the Pacers and the NBA in Indianapolis. emotion over a basketball team, you know, and all the people that contributed all this time and everything, it's just out of sight, you know, this thing has rejuvenated in Indianapolis. <laughs> well, Slick Leonard is, of course, still a member of the Pacers family. You can hear his signature, Boom Baby, during radio broadcasts. You'll see much more of Indianapolis sports history during our 70th anniversary special at 7 p.m. on May 30th. You can also find more stories from our archive and memories from RTV6 staff, past and present, at the IndyChannel.com slash 70 years. It's always fun to go back and see those things. Yeah. Can you believe that? Ten minutes before the deadline, finally they surpassed what they needed. Look at that. Slick Leonard, to me, is Pacers basketball. Ryan Rodge up on the other side of the floor. And then bring it across the top. Watch your pass across the top. Hit the guy going into the hoop on block and fade. Now let's get her going. Come on, baby. He's Mr. Pacer. Time has run out. Let's turn to your eyes, boy. He's meant everything to this franchise. Bender rebounds and gets it back to Foster for a layup. Boy, that was a great interchange right there. Oh, it's great to be able to shoot the basketball. And Brad Miller can shoot it. For most of us that have grown up in Indiana, we feel like we've known all of our lives. I can't tell you how much he's revered. He appeals to all generations, and he can teach not just about basketball, but he's taught me a lot about life. You listen because what is Slick going to say next? Get it to Reggie for three! the legacy he, he leaves for many people is boom baby i kid him all the time about it because he portrays himself as this rube from the sticks but you must be a gazillionaire off this boom baby i wish i had your brains i just think that boom baby is what you say when you think of slick but there is so much more to him than just that when you listen to his broadcast you're gonna be entertained you're gonna hear some things maybe you've never heard before in your life but you're gonna learn something about the sport of basketball Now, there's an Indiana legend right there, and I could probably yeah. go on more and more, but that's enough. Well, we'll have more next week. We'll get the specifics you know, on his career and, and all that stuff and his coaching and everything else. It's great. You know what would get me, though, Bill? How how on earth would basketball 
at all struggle in Indiana? Because when you think of basketball, you think of Indiana. Well, you've got a team. Remember, you didn't have the big arenas back in those days. They had just built the arena, and you pay a tremendous amount of money just to get into the NBA. And we're talking mid-'70s. We're not talking no big cable contracts here, ESPN. And those kinds of things. So they had to bring that up. Well, the other thing, too, is college basketball, especially in the 60s and 70s and 80s, college basketball was established in some places and pro wasn't. So like in Philadelphia, the 76 the Warriors left because they weren't drawing very well, and they had Will Chamberlain. The 76ers struggled in drawing, and they had Will Chamberlain. And and the Big Five would be selling out the palestra and then later bigger arenas oh, because yeah, people were just used to college basketball. You know, the mid seventies. There were several teams before Magic and Bird came on and started the whole trend of saving the league. And then Jordan. I mean, there were several teams that were talking about contracting, and that's one reason they brought the ABA teams in was for money. And you had, I mean, several even existing NBA teams that were. And that remember, were back in the seventies. Uh, we didn't have any national TV coverage, and if you did, it was on tape delay. So, well, I for mean, the final, but yeah, you had Sunday afternoon games and tape delay finals. The, yep, that's yeah. what you had. And uh, well, and, and that know, was we, even the, that was even the case into the eighties on, on CBS. Right. Yeah, into the eighties, and and their first big cable deal. Remember, David Stern talked about it. He could have gone with ESPN, the fledgling ESPN, but he got talked into this USA deal. Yeah, and then. They eventually did get a game on ESPN on Sundays for a little while, but then it was mainly, you know, then the TBS stuff, and that's when it blew up. But they, there were about five or six teams before, right before Magic Bird, that were that were having similar deals, uh, similar to oh, yeah. Indiana. The Celtics ownership, the Celtics ownership was very bad, and that's why they really we were, I've gone over that where they traded franchises basically, Irv Levin and John Y. Brown and all, you know, and brought him in and from Buffalo and. You know, whatever, because a lot of teams had financial issues. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and that was the whole kind of paying them back to get the Nets in, since even though they were they were they wanted the Colonels, but you know that that goes giving him since he had owned the he had owned the yeah, Colonels. Yes, they put him in with Buffalo at that point, yep. and then he came mm-hmm. here. But he was so, also right. elected. Oh, go, go ahead, Bill, and then he was, was Chris. Okay. We had to get to the other two. Okay, yeah. I would just say this real quick. He was elected a few years ago to the NBA Hall of Fame. So we're talking about a guy that made it as a coach, a broadcaster, and a player, and, you know, rejuvenated his career as a commentator and was as well-known, you know, for his sayings and commentary, especially when he was in his prime. See, and that's just it, though, Bill. I I only remember him as a broadcaster. Right. So do I. So I don't yeah. remember. But yeah, as a player, I remember oh, yeah. the player, and uh, not. And uh, I'll, I'll be interested to read that stuff that David uh, puts out about him as a coach because I wasn't but, aware but of no, that. But no, Chris, you would remember him as a player, but you're much older than me, so I am. Yeah. No, I remember him playing on the Lakers with you know but a bunch as a of people. Coach, you know, you know, yeah, they had games, other guys. Yeah. Leonard was one of them. I knew okay. that. So. Go, go ahead, Bill. Yeah. He won 529 games in both leagues, so he uh-huh. was you know yeah. a decent enough coach. Well, his per career basically paralleled Tommy Heinsohn. Right. You know, same kind of thing. Tommy was maybe a better player and more nationally known, but, you know, because Tommy, you know, was uh, on championship teams, but also I think Slick uh, uh, had to move around a little bit more. But, you know, similar kind of career, you know, where they did the coach, you know, they played, 
They were the coach, uh, you know, yeah. certainly the broadcaster in the local areas. And Tommy got to go national. So similar kind of career, you know, Slick might be a, a yeah. step back. But, you know, about the same age, Slick was a little bit older than he was by about four years. So similar yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have our other uh, two guys to mention. Red Gendron, 63 years old. He was a high school hockey coach in Vermont from 81 through 90, then assistant at Maine, 90 through 93, assistant in, uh, for the Devils, 94 through 96, assistant for the Albany River Rats. I used to hear their games, 96 through uh, 2000. Then, uh, then he was a scout for the Devils from 2000 to 2002, head coach of the Albany uh, River Rats from 02 through 04, head of the Indiana Ice uh, ice uh, team in the USHL. Now, I don't know anything about that. I know they used to be in the IHL with the Fort Wayne team, but maybe this is another league. I didn't hear about them, Indiana Ice. Oh, it was a junior hockey league. I see. Okay. That was 05, uh, 04 and 05. Then assistant at uh, UMass. Uh, and uh, and then uh, let's see from 05 to 11 I think an associate uh, at Yale from 11 through 13 and then a head at Maine from 13 until now and he died on the golf course uh, his uh, record was 103 137 and 33 at Maine and he uh, lost first round hockey east this past year and a two-time champion when he was there uh, assistant in Maine in 93 and uh Oh, no, in 93, he was there for that championship, and in Yale in 2013 when they won it. And then the two-time cup with the Devils, uh, 1995, uh, and I think uh, as a scout in 2000, he was assistant in uh, 95. And then then he also was in the World Juniors. He was the coach of our U.S. team there. Uh, And then, uh, uh, let's see, 01, 02 uh, for the USA team. And the last guy we have, and the second, Al Mengert, uh, 93 years old, 17 regional tournaments, uh, 52 uh, through 76. His best majors tied for ninth in the 58 Masters, uh, tied for 18th in the uh, PGA in 70, tied for 13th in the 54 U.S. Open. He never played in the British Open. Uh, he had 20. Uh, he was in 27 majors and eight straight Masters tournaments. And he was tied for the lead with Arnold Palmer and ended up five strokes back. Palmer had a big charge at the end of the 1958 uh, tournament, but they were tied for the lead after 12 holes. So that was his best finish. So he never won, I guess, a PGA tournament that I see here, but he did uh, win a lot of regionals. And one of those guys that I guess was able to qualify for the Masters uh, in various ways with finishes and money winning and so forth is a real complicated uh, way to get into the Masters on, and, and other majors, too. You have to yes. do certain things. So anyway, so that was him. So that's the only two we had next week. Uh, so I call it two, almost like pitching a two hitter, only two deaths. And then uh, with an asterisk, cause we're going to have Bob Leonard next week and we'll uh, fill in some of the gaps, but that was good audio. And I always enjoyed listening to him too. He's really oh, yeah. interesting to listen to. Yeah. And, and on a positive note, let's hope we don't have any more than that one. Let, we, that's right. Yeah. That would be like good. Keep it that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sean, John, take it home. Well, all right, folks. Well, if you want to come back and hear any of this great discussion, including that really, really good tribute to Slick Leonard and all the other stuff that we had before it, uh, download the podcast legendoldies.com, or you can uh, tell your smart speaker to play uh, Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts. By the way, you have to type in Sports Lounge Live on Legend uh, in your podcatcher and have it delivered three words. You can do it that way, or you can go to 773 773- 
572-3006, option number nine. Hear it and you know, check it out. Listen as many times as you want. Share it with a friend. Share it with an enemy. Share it with a neighbor. Share it with somebody you don't know. Let, tell them all about Sports Night Live. So, make a, make a pest of yourself, basically. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah there you go. Okay. Okay. Well,